get we get black people on we we get like one black person on Game of Thrones. We will murder them. And then, <laughs> yeah. Then we'll show everybody. I don't know. I mean, look. Uh, we they got what ninety day fiance. How many episodes of ninety day fiance? We were gonna be. <laughs> A show, a show, as we get into the show, and I'll introduce yourselves in a second. A show I watched a lot of because I was dating somebody who was really into 90 Day Fiance. And you go into that phase of like, well, I'm going to like the things that you like because you don't like the things that I like. And watched a lot of 90 Day Fiance. That show is fucking wild. It's just like, I'm just like, how do you, how do you, how does any of this happen? So, like, okay, cor- correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Nine day fiance is just they get married for ninety days and they see what happens. No, okay, so you have to get um uh, you're getting the marriage visa, right? Mm-hmm. So people like uh are usually dating someone that's like outside of the United States who are trying to get like a marriage visa. You have to go through the ninety day you have to go through a ninety day clause for the marriage visa for it to go through. And it's the drama of it, essentially, it's white people being fucking wild, and in some cases, we are represented as well. Uh, but white people going somewhere else and acting like they don't know what the fuck culture is, and trying <laughs> oh. to date somebody, and it's just always fucking buck wild. Because like it, it, it there's like a twinge of like there's a tw- there's there's definitely a twinge of like of like institutionalized racism in there, such like how people react to the partners that they have, how their family reacts to the partners that they have. And to be fair, this does go white on white as well. There have been like Russian uh, people, people in the Ukraine, like stuff like that. Uh, But it is very essentially like, like there was very famously a a guy named Paul who was dating this girl, like Karina, uh, like Kareen, who he'd been like, dating her for like i think since the inception of 90 day fiance who lived in brazil but paul is like literally every reddit white dude with like oh. thick framed glasses and who who idealize what uh you know what dating a foreigner is who lived with his parents and his mom funded everything like discord mod yeah he's definitely <laughs> discord okay. mod fair fair wow uh, that, that probably is good TV. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> so if, if, of of those reality shows, that's probably the one uh-huh. I would watch if I had any commitment. Yeah, that show is so fucked up, <laughs> and I it just is. find it to be it's it's fucked up in a way that I that I think speaks to all the very obvious things we know about how fucked up just America's relationship with other places are. Yeah, like every single at every single stage of how we how our interaction with the rest of the world is fucked up is like encapsulated in 98 day fiance. Like yeah. our, our just like imagination of like what a person is in a different country. Then watching someone who is or is not you, but you, you attempt to sort of like put yourself in that person's position to try to see what you have in common, see if you can even relate to this person. Like, are mm-hmm. are you in any way Reddit mod? And right. you realize probably not, but then watching them, watching their preconceptions about what they think they're getting into, uh, watching some of those things be correct, and then watching or how those things can be correct when when you're in America, and then how wrong those things become the further out of your little bubble they get. Even even in the same place, like Reddit Mod and his opinion of his Brazilian fiance works in his house. As soon right. as he leaves his house the all bets are off and yeah. that doesn't even count before he gets to brazil 
And well, then and what's... all of Brazil, like all, all of Brazil's same sort of dichotomy <laughs> yeah. imprinting onto him. It's very, yeah. it's very goofy. And the producers fuck it up. They make it, they make it as drama yeah. as possible and as messy as possible. But like, yeah. It's funny. It's a funny. Yeah, show. I, 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 I do think like because Paul's very because he doesn't speak Brazilian at all or Portuguese at all. Brazilian. Wow. Uh, look at me be that literally out of character. <laughs> uh, doesn't speak Portuguese at all. Like so, he has his phone that does like the like they can only have conversations by like doing the auto translator, which is hilarious. It happens all the time. Like and and, like these people have no intention of ever learning this other person's language. So what's crazy was was wild is like Corrine, like she started learning. Like she was like she's from like the poor part of Brazil, right? Like the indigenous part of Brazil, which it doesn't have all the money like somewhere like that that where the colonized part of brazilian brazilian is like she's fully like native native but she saved all of her money to go to classes in like actual like an actual city of brazil like had to travel two hours just so she could learn english to be with her like reddit mod husband (laughs) and everything like I don't know. Like it always. Every time I watch that show, I'm just like we suck. Like, like, <laughs> like we we do the bare minimum, and then just be like, we should have everything because we're Americans. We're so smart. Like, uh, uh But this is the thing. Welcome to the thing. We are not on 90 Day Fiance. I am not yet. yet. No, I would never. That might be a problem <laughs> for some. Never. <laughs> right. right now, I am not a shill, but I can be. Ah, fair. That's Money, always the look- truth. Money is uh, I money when will not. I, you're right. I will do it for the right amount of money. Uh, I am uh, T. L. Foster. Uh, I am joined by Jarrett, by Emmett, uh, and yeah, we are. This is the show that we do. Um, should we just get into Andrew Tate? Can we get to? <laughs> can we get I mean, to Wish. dot com? Uh, Ricochet. Um, <laughs> poor guy. So Andrew Tate. Not really. Not poor guy actually. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Andrew Tate um, is not on social media anymore, uh, which is great. Probably not on Xbox Live. Probably not on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Probably from the settings app and his, <laughs> his iPhone. Like you can find him on Zynga and Live Journal. Yeah, they got him the fuck out of here. <laughs> where he's at. Um, but yeah, There's no, Andrew Tate. Uh, yeah, Andrew Tate. You can find him on. Uh, 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 the Fear and Loathing website, uh, <laughs> uh, like the old stick figure game. He's on no, PlayStation so, Home. Uh, <laughs> the only one. Uh, Andrew Tate um, is one of these Manosphere guys uh, who, like, and I think we talked about it a little bit last episode, but I kind of want to talk about it a little bit more because, like, I, I feel like at some point there is a conversation that we need to be having about how we interact with not just men, but like people as a society, how we are, how we are able to have conversations that are deep about like how we're feeling emotionally and stuff like that. And where I think like someone like Andrew Tate, it gets very dangerous. It's like, these are these people who are preying on predominantly male insecurities um, and trying to profiteer off of that. While also being a predatorial rapist asshole, right? And, and I, I don't use that as like a a gotcha. Like this is literally a guy fled from one country to another country because the assault charges are are lessened in the country that he that he moved to. But like, 
at some point, like, where do we get to the point where we're actually having those conversations about like the vulnerabilities that we have so that these people don't have like the, the sway over it. And like, just for like an example, I was just, I just watched a video today about, um, and I just forgot. I told you the guy's name earlier. Yeah, Noah was, Sampson. Noah Sampson's idiot yeah. video, but it, the guy he was like talking about, which is one, another one of these manosphere guys, um, uh, hold on. Uh, if you guys would like to talk while I look this it, his name, name is not Smino, but it sounded like Smino. It's, Shmino. Uh, it's Shmino. Shmino, Shmino would be a better name for this dude. Uh, no, uh, uh, Sneeko. There Sneeko, we go. Sneeko. Yeah, sure. Who's another one of these like manosphere guys that like I I don't know. It's like literally one of the points he made in the video. Like Noah, Noah had brought up. Like it was a response to a video Noah made before. And like Noah had brought up, like, oh, my audience base is forty percent, forty nine percent women, forty three percent male, you know, two percent non binary. And you know, he was like, oh, well, I do a podcast for the boys. Like, my audience is ninety five percent male. And like, at some point, like, at some point, where do we have that conversation? Where, like, that's actually inherently dangerous, and you're creating these echo chambers and doing it for the guys to be a top G. Like, I'm studying for men, and like. How is that not the weirdo behavior that we're just like, well, why are you doing this? At what point is this I think, actually accomplishing anything? I think part of the problem is but a lot of this manosphere shit is that I told a friend um, we were talking about the illustrious Jordan Peterson, mm. who is one of my favorite people. <laughs> Uh, just to think about like this man is real and exists it's hilarious and he talks like grover it's very funny uh, but he i i don't think this would be a problem and i think we have to it, i think there was a point where we were maybe just over talking about it and kind of making it a problem when it wasn't but i think that's not true i think it, it might be something um and i don't think it would be something if there wasn't something wrong Right. Um, I think a lot of these people are saying that the thing that's right is that there's something wrong with men or masculinity, Western men and Western masculinity, and maybe just specifically, I, I would say specifically North America, but I think it's also true in England and in lots of Europe as well. But the, I think where I think that's where I stop agreeing, like at, right, right up to there is where I think we're right. But then the the why the what and why and how to fix it is where everybody fucks up and i think a lot of these people come from the same school of thought even though they're going to different directions where like the problem is everybody else the problem is that women want to work and make the same amount of money as i do the problem is that we want to we don't our country doesn't have space for the kind of men doing the kind of things they used to do 60 years ago. Um, they say ironically into a TikTok message because in 2020, those things that these men used to do don't exist anymore because of the thing they support, this hyper-capitalist situation that they all benefit on by selling self-help books and drop shipping through eBay and however else they make their money has negated the, ne the necessity for all the things their manly men from the 1940s used to do. Um, they are part of that problem. And I think the real issue is like the problem is all of the institutions, especially in 
the the why we call it post capitalist is because everybody is now in the find out stage of fuck around and find out when it comes to capitalism. Everybody right. is now a victim of the thing we did from the 1950s to, you know, the dot com boom, basically. Um, that includes men like men are being sort of subjugated or being maybe not subjugated, but I guess that's probably that's, that's maybe the right word. But they are victims of this process in a, in a unique way that nobody wants to really talk about. They want to talk around, blame the other people who are also victims of this thing, of this system. <laughs> but men specifically are being victimized in a very unique way. But nobody wants to be vulnerable enough to recognize that the things that they may have stood up for, things that they are benefiting from right now, are maybe part of the problem. Uh, mm -hmm. They they that that we have to reevaluate everything up until this point, not just like try to find how we fit the groove that was made for us a hundred years ago, but maybe that groove was fucked up in the first place, and we can't get that groove back, so we got to go to a new groove. Uh, okay, Stella, like men. <laughs> were the people that they they stacked teenage boys into ships across the planet and ran right. them up a beach to get murdered in 1940 and the ones that didn't get murdered came back all fucked up but since we had basically bankrupt the middle of Europe in our fight took all of their money and the entire our entire country was so engaged they all produced a bunch of things made everybody rich they didn't really feel the need to address the fact that they just were and did murder millions of people around them and like any of those backlashes we're just going to take that out on our our economy our friends our family but we're not going to see it as a problem we're going to see it as part of being masculine like Sometimes men are just just sometimes when you're all fucked. PTSD isn't PTSD; it's being a man, right? And then you know the fifties turn the sixties. We start doing some other wars; they don't go as well. Men are like, "Oh shit, this is what we do. We just go places and fight." But if you don't win, then what the fuck's the point? Back home, we're building stuff, but slowly, but surely and surely, we're stop building anything. Like we don't make cars really anymore. We don't. Our mining, our foresting, like all the stuff we actually put together just doesn't really do that anymore. People are making houses and and the pieces for those houses way faster with machines than they are with people. So now men have to do something else. But like, what? And 70s or in the 80s, the men, instead of building stuff, they, get, they go to college and get hyper aggressive and start trying to turn numbers into hyper masculine things like. Men stop being soldiers. Yeah. They start being Gordon Gecko. They go to Wall yeah. Street and yell at each other over Excel sheets and then spend all this newly found capital to indulge the worst parts of themselves. Because again, we haven't, we haven't gone to therapy yet. We're not there yet. All of these repressive things start showing up in culture in ways that reinforce all the bad stuff. But we never really addressed it. We're just finding other outlets for it. But all that stuff is going away too. Because by 2000s, we're back into another war, and we're we, we're 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 back into that reunited. Oh man, America's under attack again. What we need is teenage boys to go back overseas and be men like we used to be. Twenty years later, we're still fighting that fight, but it's all useless again. But the stuff we're doing over here, 
none of this other masculine stuff is there anymore. We don't build shit. We don't yeah. make shit. Men are yeah. the manliest thing you can do as a man is rap, I guess. Like, what <laughs> what what do we do? Yeah, <clears throat> or like, there's a huge masculinity issue, mm, and it yeah. isn't that everybody is demasculating men. It's like maybe the system like emasculated all of us, right? Like maybe the system built these people that it no longer needs and threw us all away, but not just us individually, but like the entire concept of us. Yeah. So a lot of these I mean, white dudes are on Reddit all fucked up, don't know what to do. And then all these other, all these men who were privately successful show up and like, ah, oh, remember that time when men were men? They whisper into your ears in Facebook and TikTok and Twitter. The time that everyone has a different point in history when they think back to. Right. Um, exactly. And that's, yeah. that's the problem. Everybody picks a certain what is masculinity man thing. All of these architects are isolated incidents in time that don't exist anymore that you could probably recreate in an isolated incident, but you could never make for everybody ever again. Right. And probably never should have in the first place. Mm -hmm. And there is no answer. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the hard part of this whole conversation where it's the answer is not in the past. The answer is in the future because we haven't gotten, it's hard to conceptualize something new rather than go back and try to re-emulate something that already existed. And a lot of these, you know, a lot of the reasons why a lot of these Manosphere people blow up is because through all these algorithms and everything, they're going to show you the very big flashy thing that you're familiar with, that you understand, that might get you to click and might get you interested. That's why Andrew Tate blew up so much, specifically on TikTok. Because, like, I wasn't familiar with the guy until I saw him talk about in a video essay. But the way I found out about him is from that video essay being like, oh, you, you find one Andrew Tate video and suddenly the whole feed is Andrew Tate. And so, you know, a lot you just say something quick and fiery that sounds wild and crazy and goes viral on a website like that. But that's what more people are going to listen to, because the actual answer to all these problems is is in a clip that is way too long to fit into TikTok, way too nuanced to put on Twitter. You're not going to get that type of discussion unless you're really looking for it and willing to sit down and listen. And we're in an environment where that's just not, people don't find that profitable often. Um, I don't think it's, I I think it, I think it's, it's not that it's just not profitable. It's, I think having a longer nuance and complex discussion is less digestible. That's the word for people who want, who people want to do that. Right. Like the, the, the thing about Andrew Tate and the thing about Jordan Peterson, as you said earlier, uh, Jared, I think that actually makes point. like they do some things that you can I could clip both of them saying a thing that makes all the sense in the world. And then I can sell that because I had this clip. It is very digestible and I can you can eat it quick. But like it's like candy. You can eat a small piece of candy and it's delicious. You got you like it. But if you eat a shit ton of candy, you're going to feel like shit. And like the problem is that. These guys like Andrew Tate, um, uh, like Jordan Peterson, like all these like fresh and fit, all these manosphere people, they they just they, now they're sh- like spitting stuff out into the void for so much. Like like I said, like they're they're saying parts where I can, as someone who's who's editing this show, who's trying to <clears throat> present this and sell this, I could take a clip of Jordan Peterson. Hey, clean up your room. Get the clutter out of your room and be like, hey, you should clean up your room. That's a thing that everyone tells you. And then doesn't – then when you go and like, well, I want more of this, 
well, here's all this unfurred bullshit that you have on there that mm-hmm. you're not going to take the time to consume and and learn how to like dissect and separate. And I and I think it's very <laughs> like I I saw uh, in that Noah Sanson video the thing that was like very frustrating to me was uh, one of the teachers was talking like he had like a video where a teacher was talking about Andrew Tate and like. A t- like a third grade teacher like had a a kid in her class who was like regurgitating Andrew Tate talking points and like and at that point I'm just like what the fuck are we doing like I, it's it's not just that if you're a if you're a grown adult if you want to ascribe to Andrew Tate like whatever you're a grown adult you could do that but the fact that like these places are they are funneling into kids I think that's where it's like this is where it becomes eventually more harmful because like I know with like when we grew up, how we looked at people from you know different sexualities, different races, like we allowed a lot of things slide because that's how we kind of grew up and go through. But like as an adult now, kind of being able to live and grow, you don't want to like allow the kids to get back into that recessive, you know, state. I think more importantly, and I think why this works or why this this spreads so easily is like it's not about the things that the people are saying. It's about the tools that the listener has to digest the things that people are saying. Mm. A lot of people don't have tools, kids or adults. Right. Everyone's afraid because the kids, if you get in front of them too early, they never develop the tools or you do a whole lot more work to deprogram or whatever. Where adults, you kind of just say, go to therapy, bro. Like figure this like this is wrong. You should figure out why. Which is not fair to them. They should also have the same like runway to develop the tools as well. But right. You can't. It's so dangerous because it's clearly bullshit, and it's hard to be an adult who has to then <clears throat> kind of tear down the thing a kid learned to, to to show them why it's fucked up in a way that they understand and a way that's comprehensive because they don't know the whole story. They just heard a thing. That relates right. to one little thing in their life and they don't have enough of a life to sort of be able to see how those things overlap yet so it's very like that's why everybody that's why so many teenagers have like a, a near radicalized phase before they grow the fuck up because they they are so they have such a narrow wedge of life and then <clears throat> suddenly it, it expands and the thing that they were just about to jump off the ledge into they kind of have to usually have to kind of reel, reel themselves in and like realize like maybe they were looking at this the wrong way like maybe they now that they've met three other people, like maybe the thing they thought about these people are wrong, actually. Um, I think that's happening. But like when it's your kid at like in the bathroom and TikTok, it's hard to know like where they are in that process. Uh, and I think even though it's scarier for kids because you don't want them to start building walls you can't break down. I think it's also easier for kids because they're going to be doing a whole lot very quickly. Like the first 20 years of a child's life is a very diverse 20 years. Like, yeah, they can unlearn a lot of things pretty quickly. It's just a matter of getting them to, you have to, as a parent or as an adult, just like get them on track to do that. The problem is when adults find this shit and the, the older an adult gets in my experience anyway, like the more they start cementing the things that they experience in their reality as reality, like the only reality. Mm-hmm. This thing I've been doing for 10 years is the thing that's real. And there is no other thing or I would have found it already, says the 35 year old or whatever, which 
is also like not true but like how do you tell a grown-ass man who pays rent and like like works 40 hours 50 hours 60 hours maybe you're you're a fucking idiot like you can't it it becomes a little more difficult and when someone is appealing to that one thing that they've cemented as reality in a way that they're that they're that they're really connecting with it becomes very difficult to convince an adult that they're wrong um and that maybe they've been wrong about a lot of things uh it's the adults that i'm always worried about because they should have the tools or at least a little more critical thinking to think a little past like the the one and a half minute video they read or, or heard to to wonder is this real like how does how does it connect with other things that this person says and i find it it, it becomes harder and harder to trust that they're doing that but I, I to that to, to say all of that, I think the media has found <clears throat> Andrew Tate to be quite the character because he is one. A lot yeah. of these metasphere people just are just lame dudes that don't matter. Like, yeah, they can act it up on camera, <laughs> right? But like Andrew Tate is such a such a bizarre creature that it's hard to not look at him. Like he did literally run to Romania because the extradition laws are like, yeah, way yeah. more strict and he can get away with way more uh and just the concept of saying he did it adds more allure to this person's life he was a super successful kickboxer another macho manly sort of profession he didn't just he's not he's not a guy training at a mcgym to pretend he's tough he competed in a tough guy sport and was very good at it right um his parents were brilliant his father's the first black grandmaster in chess emory tate like he on paper his <laughs> credentials are right or exactly what you want to hear very smart very eloquent very tough guy telling you how to be just like him of course it's all actual bullshit but yeah that requires like thinking past it but like this character is like how did the fuck did that guy turn into this guy is just this, a, a natural story that people gravitate to so it's not recording and i was like oh <laughs> yeah i mean good catch uh, the, the thing that's frustrating about Andrew Tate and the Fresh and Fit and like all these Manosphere stuff, it's predominantly black guys, and I don't like that, man. We were doing good. We were Dude. doing good for a bit there, man. So, I mean, we. I feel like barbershop talk has always been like yeah, this, yeah. That's what the movie barbershop's just, about. You yeah. can have these conversations in public now. Yeah, I that's what's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like I don't want. I, look, I've been bald since two thousand and seven, so I haven't had to go to the barber <laughs> shop. So like, I don't like this out here in front of everybody. That's I do think like fair. it's like, I mean, we're like we're like two or three of these guys away from like having like an extreme ho uh, hotep. Uh, like, I mean, Doctor Umar is that right? Like, I, am, I, I would <laughs> say Doctor Umar is not. Like, when people think manosphere, they don't think of him, even though You're they right. should. Right, but I I think he's because he's a hotep. He's kind of like people have always just found him funny and not threatening, even though that's not. I guess that's not true. I feel like he's always he's always been a very niche. He has a a very niche danger. Like he's just talking to black people, and that's all he wants to talk to. So I think I think the the mainstream media has just let that be our problem. Actually, yeah, uh, yeah, Uh, but yeah, I, I. I don't know. Like I said, I I do uh, think it when, is very. So, I'll, I'll just say when you're talking about like how a lot of people in this whole manuscript thing is black, like literally, I watched a 
way too long, but was still pretty good video from FD Signifier talking about specifically the Black Manosphere. And a lot of these talking points, I mean, when you talk about like, you got all these young men here who want to know what it means to be a man. And oftentimes, for a bunch of reasons we could get into, but I'm not going to right now, you know, a lot of young black men are sitting here like wanting to know what it means to be a man. And if someone on the internet, be it some ridiculous kickboxing dude or, you know, any of these other people, I mean, Kevin Samuels was a big deal before he died. Um, and he, he was only recently a big deal. Like he's only been popping for like two years or so right before he passed. But like he was a big deal because a lot of people looked up to him and saw like, oh, he, he gives the same aura of a lot of like old uncles you'd have or like pastors or reverends kind of held himself in a certain way. But when he opens his mouth, that's when he says the like, like the stuff against black women and like he's agreeing with a lot of points that Jordan Peterson has. And it's like, once he opens his mouth, that's where the bad stuff comes in. But he opens his mouth and says the right thing just enough for certain people to where they mm -hmm. overlook that. Like I remember, because he was at the point where he was doing an interview with Nicki Minaj. And before that interview, whenever he would talk to any type of woman on his show or whatever, he would always try to degrade them. You know, he would do the trick of like, instead of saying, oh, I'm going to rate, I'm going to rank this woman and say all these degrading things, he would ask the woman to rank themselves. And then if it was too high, he'd put them in their place. And if it was too low, then he would just agree and go in. So like, he would do that all the time. But for Nicki Minaj, she would say she would say shit because it's Nicki Minaj. She's not going to be trampled over by anybody. So she would say shit on his show and he would back down. Kevin didn't he, want, he didn't want to smoke with the barbs. Exactly. Yeah. Well, A, you don't want smoke with the barbs. But B, at the end of the day, all the shit he's saying more or less is a grift. He's trying to get the bag. And if yeah. those supporters are going to listen to what he's talking about, he's going to go with them. But the second you get on a stage that big – you're not gonna shit on Nicki Minaj because then you'll never be at this level again. You won't get on. You won't have the Atlanta season three cameo if you talk well, shit on Nicki. Yeah, <laughs> it's the uh, it's the Tyler Blevins. Uh, it's mm. the Tyler Blevins like, oh, I don't play games with with women unless Ellen wants to have me on her show. Then yeah, I can play yeah. games with Ellen. My wife won't be in, 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 <laughs> intimidated by playing games with Ellen. Uh, <laughs> fucking ninja! What a what a what an absolute fucking group. What Shout out character. to his best friend with his with his new with his new hairdo. Aubrey out here. Is that was that oh, is that a what perfect. is what is that? Okay, that's the number seven at the barbershop. Is what is his new hairdo? Because I saw him with braids last time. I don't know. No, nah, this oh. is like that's like the Texas low, like almost mullet. Yeah, it's like a weird like. I didn't know if it was a mullet, if it was like, because it's like oh! fidelity. I didn't know if it was like a, a cock or what. It was just like I'm like, bro, what oh. is wrong with you? That oh, he looks, he looks like how the book in it takes two sounds. <laughs> <laughs> like why? That dude's corny as shit, man. I, every time I'm just like, what's wild about me is like this dude is like, I think he's older than me. I think he's actually older than I am. And I'm just um, like, no, I think he's my age. He's 35. He's 35. Oh, he is 35. Okay. Mm. So, yeah. So he's a, he might be, is he just recently 30? Is he 86 or 87? I think he's 86, but I'm not sure. 
I, mean, I just well, can't get over it. We're the same age. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. When you're yeah. a parent, do whatever you want. You you made a kid happen. Good for you. This man has a father moving like this. No, <laughs> I can't Aub- get over that. <laughs> Aubrey's about to be 40. He's closer than 40 than he is 20. He like, looks like fucking Hassan. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Such a My weird God. dude, man. Such a weird dude. But he – I think he also – like, he, he – it's I like making fun of Drake. I don't think Drake is other than, you know, contacting minors thing. That's a whole different other thing. But I think like Drake isn't as like I think as harmful as those dudes. But it's like every time I'm just like I'm just a little bit more disappointed. Yeah. It's like it's the ref- Yeah, it's the reverse Bruno Mars. Like I used to like I used to like get on Bruno Mars for like his really sad, sad boy songs, like when he first oh, started, like dropper, yeah, grenade and stuff like that, and like, okay, dude, and then like he was just like, uh, I listened to, I was listening to some nineties uh, R&B, and I really like it. And I was like, all right, uh, we are kind of in the same boat. I can, he got the, can he got the wedding it. reception bag, so now he can make music oh, he wants sure. to make now. Yeah, oh, uh, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, I just had to. We had I had to give a little break and we talk about Man Drake looking like <laughs> Does he have a new accent now? Yeah, did you not wait? Apparently, I gotta yeah. find that video. He does have a new accent. It's like it's someone said it is a Toronto accent, but it sounds like a very fake West West Caribbean accent. Uh hold on. Let me see if I can't. Sounds like I know like every every new himself. look and every new yeah, every new look comes with a new accent. Yeah. He he's just uh, just I've never seen a man. I've never seen a black person be so uh, like appropriative <laughs> to other black people. <laughs> That's Hold true. On. He's thirsty for every culture but his own. All right, I'm gonna. But then this. again, what is his culture as a Torontian? I, I mean, he's supposedly. <laughs> I guess that's part it. of the complex, right? Like, what is, what what is go like? I guess he's just a light skinned black dude that no one liked in rap, so now he's just gonna be every black person. I don't, like black. he, I think he's, I think his dad Probably. is Jamaican. Yeah, because his dad got something about him. I've seen him in the purple suits. He's definitely got a secret family, so yeah. he might. He very, he very well could be West Indian. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea what that accent is. I sent it to you. I don't know what that is. That doesn't sound like... I I have a lot of friends from Toronto. Uh, Funke, uh, good friend Funke, like they're from Toronto. Yeah. Does not have this accent at mm-hmm. all. Uh, yeah. so I have no point, idea I, what it is. It, it honestly, it just sounds like him. But I am so watered down on the Drake accents. I don't know what the default one is anymore. So like, I'm suspicious of this. <laughs> if he comes out with a fire album, does it even matter? Like all this weird shit he does. If, it's funny if. to, <laughs> yeah. If it's funny to clown on him, I like to me again. I don't think he's like as like harmful as like a Kanye can be, right? Because Kanye is just fucking toxic. Um. Yeah. It's always funny to make fun of Drake, but also like I I feel like again <laughs> I have to qualify the contacting minor stuff is a problem. Please talk to him at your age, Aubrey. But yeah, man, is it really a, a bigger is it really a bigger problem that he does like this cornball shit and it's just like we get it like you're just a cornball like I think of it like this, man, like. Drake's one of the biggest artists in the world, of course, so like none of this is going to matter that much. But I think Drake does the things he does not to be an image that men are trying to follow. I think he does this because he knows that most of his audience is women. And yes, he'll hop on a track and go hard every now and then, 
But at the end of the day, his albums are 70, 80 percent for women listening to it. Uh, and that's also fine. You know, we got LL Cool J from back in the day, kind of set the blueprint for that. But it's whenever he does these things with the hair and the accents, I think he's more so doing it for that rather than like because you look at someone like like a he collaborates with Future a lot. Future, mm-hmm. you could I would argue is way more closer to actually being a toxic person and oh, a problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like he, that's his his whole fucking image and aesthetic is I'm toxic. But like, yeah. and like his behavior is also untoxic. That too. I feel that like too. Drake's character and his behavior are different. Yeah, at least yeah. publicly. Yeah, I he acts this way, but I'm like, nah, you're probably not actually like. I, I it's hard for me to believe that Drake has broken anyone's heart legitimately, <laughs> on purpose. Oh, like yeah. I'm well, sure he has just because he is and talks to a lot of women or whatever. But like, I'm sure you haven't been there. Like, I'm gonna ruin this girl's life. Like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine Aubrey doing that. Come on now. Yeah. No, he has very big baby fleas energy. He has very mm-hmm. big baby fleas. Like, oh, I, I didn't, I didn't mean, I, maybe I didn't mean, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean yeah, it. That, you want to talk about a, a simp? <laughs> 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 you know, I mean, there's literally, also... it, it would be the photo in the dictionary, yeah. and it would just be Aubrey right there. But also but like, earlier Aubrey. in this dictionary, next to Beige Rage, would also be Aubrey. Yes. Yeah. So I feel like he has a lot. He has. He's got a lot going on. Like he's very. He, he's felt and he and he's spoken to it. He's felt very much like a victim of colorism, in rap, and he's taken it very personally. And mm. he, I feel like, I feel like basically since Take Care, he's he's just been like every time he decides to have a track that's just bars, it's him being bitter about how all the old heads don't like him because he's too soft and too and too light skin yeah i mean i'll say he, he to a certain degree he brought some of that on himself because there's there's two parts of it that he brought on himself one isn't fair the one that isn't fair is if you're going to be light skinned and look the way you do in rap if you want to be taken seriously by all the old heads you gotta be rapping in their style rapping about their subject matter you have to be in that direction with your content or else they won't take you seriously that's not necessarily fair he sh- you should be able to come in rap about what you want have your success and be respected if you have the art now. So that's mm. number one. Number two, part of part of the things that these old rappers, classical, you know, people who are well-respected in the game, a lot of them rap about race and their experience with race growing up and how, you know, the black struggle, the black plight, all that stuff. How many Drake songs you know <laughs> where he's like, man... It's really hard out here. Like, he'll have a bar or two where it's like, oh, man, police shooting us. But, like, who's us? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. We're not shooting Drake, like, for sure. Police exactly. are shooting me when I was at Degrassi. <laughs> like, on the set of Degrassi, the police are yeah. shooting me. Like, when he raps about, like, all, like, when he, tried to, he tries to do the struggle rap thing and all that stuff, it's harder to believe because it's not like he was on the streets of Chicago, Atlanta, whatever. Mm. He is from Toronto. Which isn't to say Toronto wasn't difficult. I'm sure people who are actually from that area will know more than me what's actually going on there. But the perception to our American, our our U.S. ears is Mm. Canada ain't shit, right? (laughs) So like you coming from there, what what's it gonna be? So like if he's gonna if he wants to be so well respected, I I would say at this point he's been around so long and he has so many cosigns from legends that like whether or not they're happy about it, people just it's whatever they accept him as being here, but yeah, I don't know. It's complicated. Also, I, I will say, 
Oh, go ahead. There's that concept. There's the, like you mentioned, he can just drop a banger album and all this will be fine. But when's his, what was his last banger album? Uh, it seemed like nobody liked the last two. What's yeah, the one well, before Views, which was 2016? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, and uh, like, there, there's been plenty like singles that like go crazy on the charts, but like, how many, what, what was the last album that people are like, I think views back. was. I think I think views was like people rock with views. Like it's. It, I think we look at it now and be like, like it was kind of corny. But like views had like view had views had some heat to it. Uh, views had his thing. All of his albums have some heat to it. Even the one certified lover boy. There's like three tracks on there I love. Mm. But three tracks out of what 15, 16? Yeah, <laughs> like no. right. Not a great ratio. But I would say like the thing with Drake. Like, I, I go less hard on Drake like I do on, like, Donald Glover because, like, at least Drake – like, Drake doesn't feel inauthentic. And also I think Drake is actually a good rapper. <laughs> um, uh, I, yeah, me too. And, and I think that would, that, would be the, that would be the thing. It's like – because every time I've heard Drake – like, every time I've heard Drake just go, I'm like, oh, wait, no. Yeah, you can – you actually are good at this. You are mm-hmm. you are really, really good at this. And, like, as much as, like, it's easy to, to say, like, oh, you know, Hey, you know, what's the next good Drake album? But like Drake never put out an album like uh the games fucking shit he put out like two weeks ago, like that garbage. Like I, I, I have not heard that album yet. I you haven't heard it. I heard you the don't. Shady it's thing. so that the the Eminem rap is one of the worst raps of my life. It's I'm just like it was, let you... it's hilarious because a lot of people like there's there's this whole rash of people, especially like a couple years ago when Joe Budden was like, fuck Eminem actually, and like yeah, when Slaughterhouse is like basically dissolving, and there's a lot of people who are like, Crying "Fuck this dude," that. and then they all had like diss tracks, and they all suck. So like, yeah, can you be the guy that's like, "Fuck this guy," and then also be terrible? Probably worse. <laughs> Especially when the guy like every whole thing is, "I was a battle rapper." Yeah, like that's how I got started. You want to be bad at the thing that, that this dude's actually? Everyone admits <laughs> this dude's good at like. <laughs> I don't get why people keep doing it. Like, I'm going to do something else. Like, oh, the guy who made the movie about how he was about a battle rapper? rapper? Yeah, yeah about how good he is. Literally. Who, who's, I, who's all, whose entire success were singles that were basically just battle raps about whoever he could find in pop culture? <laughs> Honestly, yeah. That's how he blew up. Literally, I, I, at work, they just play the radio all the time, and they're literally playing the real Slim Shady every other day. So it's like, yeah. oh, it's just every, fucking Christina Aguilera bars. Every big Eminem single is a battle rap against somebody yeah. who doesn't deserve it, basically. <laughs> or his mom. it's a battle rap against <laughs> every Eminem song is either a battle rap against random celebrities, a random man that doesn't exist, or a random woman that probably yeah. does exist. <laughs> <laughs> Michael wife. Jordan he had to create problems. Yeah, oh yeah, exactly. That's just that's what he is. Also, side note. He made a song with Kanye on the new DJ Khaled album. Yeah, I uh, read that. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, I will it's say it exists, but nah, yeah, that's better. Yeah, I will say uh, Eminem is so devoid of like people challenging him. The best rap in Eight Mile is the last battle rap, where he literally gives <laughs> the guy all the material to kill him with. He's like, I am why I did grow up in the trailer part. I hate when like. Like yeah, everything you were gonna rap about him, here it is. It's <laughs> like, sure, sure, game. You're going to battle rap this guy. No, you're not. And it's like I don't know who you are. Yes, you do. How else? How else did we get? This is how we do because he's yeah, bro. You, you wouldn't be here if you didn't label. know who he was. Yeah, the future that, on his that, that wouldn't exist without him. So 
it's, and it's a shame because the game, I think, I don't know. I'm not going to say the game himself is underrated, but he, he has made like, what is it? Documentary two and 2.5 great albums. In my opinion, they're really good, but he does this head ass shit. And honestly, I think he's suffering from the same thing Drake's suffering from in some ways so, where they just get self-conscious over shit. And it's like, man, just, just rap and chill. So here's my question for what you just said. Has he made other good music or has he made documentary uh, to did 800 bars and running, which is a, a pretty good diss track. And then nothing else is good. I think that's probably the big. I think the game is actually trash. Like as like I grow older, I'm just like, oh no, he actually was not good. I think. I think he's similar to to once again. I think he's similar to Drake in that he he's capable of making good music, but he doesn't do it all the time. <laughs> like he made some fucking the last album I heard like that I was actively anticipating was the album he put out right after Documentary 2.5, which was a soundtrack to a mobile game he was making. But he marketed it like it was this big new album. I knew nothing about the game. So I'm hearing this shit and I'm like, what the fuck is this fucking like fucking 25 to life the soundtrack? <laughs> like what is this shit? Um but yeah, like he's capable. Like I've heard I've heard songs of him somewhat recently, like features. Let me yeah. Let me, set, let me set the scene. I've heard features. He was on a little dicky track a while back, and I was like, all right, that's pretty good. He was on a um, what the Kanye track, Easy. That yeah. was pretty good. But like, yeah, he's not like some goat. I'm not gonna sit here and be like top five. But I think he's capable. I just wish he 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 just doesn't make. He's not consistent with the actual full album, which I'd argue in today's climate it's less relevant to yeah. have a good full album because yeah but you can get a tiktok dance popping off something and you've probably done you've exactly. done you've done your work yeah. exactly for us an album's still important but like in the grand census if he makes a song or two that's a hit that's good enough for him and it probably pays the bills too so remember yeah. when he was an actor for like a hot second no what the he fuck was, in, was he in he was in waist deep with tyrese <laughs> waist deep is think... like baby boy too really <laughs> I think that's it. At some point, we need to look at some of these because I would love to watch State Property again. I'm pretty State sure Property that is the worst movie track. I can remember. <laughs> and I don't remember much of that movie, but like I do remember Beanie Siegel being a person that like there was absolutely zero redeeming quality of, but he's the protagonist. So like, what the fuck am I watching this movie for? I kind of want him to be arrested. Can someone please arrest this man? Well, I mean, like that was like that era. Like, I mean, at that time. Rapper movies you are couldn't tell, Yeah. Well, that's They're how you could tell me shit about, like, I loved all the Rockefeller. Like, I, I don't think I've listened to a Beanie Siegel track in almost 21 years. <laughs> but, like, not, I was... Not one, one, like, not that, that he wasn't a feature in. Like, yeah. I, I can't remember a Beanie Siegel song that's just Beanie Siegel on some bar. Like, I can't remember any... I can't remember listening to 16 bars of Beanie Siegel. And that's... And then a chorus and then 16 more. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, nah. that's, I think the I think the rapper like that that's like just completely like I'm not sure this this here might be just like me not catching up and not being in the region like I used to fucking fuck with Jules Santana hard that used to be my dude I was like Jules Santana is gonna be next like this guy can rap he's da 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 and I haven't heard anything since like 2006 he's it doing just stuff like, here and there he was on a little wayne mixtape recently but like no one's checking for him right now he did what verses and that's it yeah <laughs> when, i mean when dipset like 
dissolved and like vanished basically so did jewel santana basically yeah that's true that's he true. he did solo shit but like nobody cared yeah and that was most of them like i think jim jones had like a kind of a successful singles run there for a little bit but like and cameron was doing stuff but like nobody was checking on dips act after Dipset like yeah broke up well i mean jim jones he had like if jim if there also, was jim TikTok... jones is, like still a blood so like he didn't even have to yeah. rap really yeah yeah but He's, like doing like... cooking shows but like renee uh uh john moxley's wife oh like, renee... really i did not know that well, he did a cooking but... show on youtube and she mm. interviewed him about it because she was running her cookbook and they've apparently worked together in something that hasn't been released uh. yet but Which I, is I mean, hilarious to think about. I do think it's like funny because, like, if if TikTok had been around when We Fly High had came out, Jim Jones would never have to do anything. No, Jim Jones would be like, the president <laughs> of the country if that happened. Okay, good. So, do we have to do a special episode where we review John Cena's rap album? I would, I would love to do that. I've I never heard it, it. I'd love a reason to listen to it's, it. It's, <laughs> like, I, I. Not to like not to blow up the spot. I think it's I think it's I think it's really good. It's not like the difference is like the Macho Man rap album is a fucking gimmick. It's a it's literally a joke. Oh, yeah, thing. he wrote he wrote that in gimmick to try to get Hulk and Hulk Hogan to wrestle him one more time, basically. Yeah, it, it it's 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 not great. It just has a touching song to Kurt Heading after he died, and that's literally about it. The John Cena album, which was supposed to be a gimmick, has fucking bangers on it. But like I think bad... I think it definitely was a gimmick. But I think the difference was John Cena wanted to be he was using wrestling to be a rapper, right? And yeah, they turned they turned his gimmick into a rapper, and he thought he was going to take this off and like he'd have several albums. Then it turned out he's just going to be a wrestler, actually. But yeah. and then a pretty good actor after that. Yeah. yeah. But the reason John Cena's music has been him rapping for fifteen years is because why not? Because it turns out he's okay. Yeah, that fucking. Yeah. My time is now. That's that's a fucking like the. I think his lyrics are whatever on that track. I think Bad Man is one where I'm like, oh no, you have good lyrics. But my time is now. That is like production wise, that's a fucking perfect song. It's just like the <laughs> horns come in really great, and it's just like it's crazy shit. to think about just so how that song's produced and when it came out. Like that song's like 2005 or something like that. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. He wins the he wins the title in 2005. Yes. So. And that's when they did be the new one. The first one was like whatever. Yeah, but, I think that's that one's better lyrics, worse production. Right, but the Papa second Jones. one is like. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like they that was like a that was kind of like a a mega mind brain sort of production. Just if you compare it to other rap in two thousand five, like yeah, it's crazy how like music, especially back then, it doesn't really happen now because. WWE's music's trash, but back when they were back when there was a a an in-house like commitment to making music, there the way they overlapped with like actual talent and actual sort of modern music was kind of astounding when you think about it. Like Jim Johnson was in his bag for like ten years, like yeah. throughout the nineties, like ma- like writing music for both the wrestlers, but also uh, collaborating with lots of actual artists to sort of like do other stuff for wrestlers or just to kind of like over to, to push wrestling into music in a way that doesn't, re, doesn't result in doing anything yeah. in the ring necessarily. But like the stuff they did with run DMC, all the, all the work they did with rage, uh, triple H is like wow. specific personal commitment to like being part of motorhead. 
<laughs> revitalizing more. Hey, look, I only listen to Motorhead because I hear Triple H's song. I'm like, this song is pretty great. Or like, Evol- like Evolution. The Evolution track, again, great production. Comes in that fucking good guitar what, riff. What I'm is, is legitimately <laughs> one of the best Motorhead songs. Period. And like, and Kane, Kane ruins it because he fucking sucks. Yes. But uh, <laughs> Kane's, that, uh, that fucking Kane's song is so good. Uh, uh, Slow, chem- slow chemical. Oh, that was back so- when Finger Eleven was still like popping, popping. Wow, bit. I haven't heard of Finger Eleven in so long. <laughs> this was like this is God. this is like between Finger Eleven's like first and second album, and like they needed something to turn Kane into a fucking menace, and that one <laughs> single was still out, and they're like, yeah, we need these guys. Yeah, uh, literally, Paralyzer is the only song that I like know from them. <laughs> so, so Paralyzer is post this. Paralyzer okay, is, okay. is is new Finger Eleven, and by new that Paralyzer is like a ten year old song. <laughs> Finger Twelve. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I wanna. You ever heard Slow Cam? Ah, man, I wish there was a way for me, Brock. Like, Slow Cam. Like, Jared's right. I think there's definitely an age of like great of great music uh, that is just like that was permeating in wrestling. Like Nicki Minaj, Mickey, Nicki Minaj's first track was Victoria's. Like what a Victoria's Steve songs after she had which is a, a cheeks huge just <laughs> yeah ass. it, it sucks oh, it sucks oh, especially because Victoria had the to the the Toto all the things you said song which is a fucking beggar like you just come in you just hear all the things you said running through my head and just like wait what and then like you had Christian who had uh uh. I'm trying to think of the band that before Downward Straight. That's what happened. Downward Straight just ended up doing all the music. Yeah, they just covered and, everything. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But Kristen had that tattoo, uh, the original joint. Yes, she had the original tattoo, which was great joint. for his presentation because, for for some reason, like men didn't have men men's music with lyrics never had women singing it. Yeah. So it was it was interesting, just hmm. simply just perception wise but like it gave him a sort of an an, an air that he needed because he was just a fucking guy before that uh but uh, it's interesting to see how 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 music how the company itself recognized that music existed outside of the company yeah where it doesn't really do that now unless you're a superstar and then they, they recognize the star but not the music necessarily right well but, and i think i think that might go back right like that's one of the things i liked about nxt when the main roster was doing a lot of whack shit, just what it was, NXT kind of was like, no, we're going to like do like, we're going to go get these artists to do it. Or we'll have. And again, Keith Triple H super committed to making sure that everyone knows that he likes his music very loud. Yeah. And very live. Uh, like, so like Poppy was like a mainstay there. They have, she had, Poppy had like three concerts there. Yeah. And um, fucking Io Shirai's, Io Shirai's theme song is probably the best contemporary theme song uh Eos- Eos- theme song is fucking it's just big because it's just it's a lot of like bass and like fucking uh uh just like like a like a very like form of like techno electronica uh, like it's it's, it's really a thing good. it's i think it's japanese house i think they call it is it japanese house mm. yeah it's it's really good i mean hers is really good um i thought the mega man track uh i wish he would have done more bars <laughs> than one I thought yeah. the Mega Man track and the Wale track is pretty pretty okay. Yeah, I guess when they have commitments, like they have a commitment with Wale, where Wale writes a lot of music that ends up on their show in some capacity. Wale did Biggie's thing. He does. He's the yeah. he has the NXT theme currently now. Yeah. 
<laughs> they wrote bars for that uh, fucking freestyle thing they did like like six years ago. Well, they, I thought Wale, because Wale came out with Street Profits once, mm-hmm. which was Cheeks because, uh, shout out to Josiah Williams, uh, Russell Flow, who did some tremendous stuff. Like his his version of uh, the Undisputed Era theme song is the Undisputed Era theme song for me personally. Yeah, really. It's, fucking, <laughs> it's so fucking good, uh, which really made me mad when people are like, oh, why is Leo Rush out there? Like, we all don't look alike, bruh. Like, we all don't look alike. Like, he's a small <laughs> black guy. I get it. He doesn't look like Leo Rush at all. Um, but uh, he did he did his version for the Street Poppins when they got called up. And that, man. I'm just like, why wouldn't they just... No, they did hire him because he did the Cameron Grimes song. Yeah. Which, which is fine. <laughs> I, I think I, that was supposed to just be, like, the bit and not necessarily, yeah. like, be a thing. Be... be be weighed in its own value Mm. there's a lot of wrestling ass rappers rapper ass wrestlers yeah remember when ERS not not the best no I mean uh uh truth is fine truth Truth is is aggressively fine truth is hilarious (laughs) yes he raps like he's like it's still 1980 and it's very funny um (laughs) you remember when AEW did (laughs) Did the rap, the, the the rap album, album for album. Black History Month. And everybody came oh. out to that, to that one song once, and then everyone's like, yep, we're done with that. I think. So, Evan, they, they do oh, this whole no. thing where they're like, well, we're going to do Black History Month, and we're going to use this album to tell the story of Powerhouse Hobbs. This guy we have, we could dedicate we could five minutes of television just write for. TV story about him. <laughs> yeah. Story about him. yeah we'll, we'll subcontract a rapper to write a song about him, I guess. <laughs> Did it do anything? The other rapper no. that, that did it for that that wrote a song about the acclaimed. The acclaimed's gimmick is they're rappers. Yeah, Max nice Caster wraps his way to the ring every <laughs> week. Oh no! Yeah, that's some mismanagement. I don't know what it's, that is. AEW is a, but hey, right. they are they are going through it right now. Oh, <laughs> they are actively going through it right. That now. fight truly does go on forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fight, really? fight forever, forever. Yeah, let's just see a puck. <laughs> He's just like, ah. Honestly, here I would say this without getting the whole thing because we don't know the whole thing. But if anyone's going to be the person like, hey, I don't like how ownership is running things, I think it's the guy who quit wrestling because he didn't like yeah, how ownership listen, were running things. I have a moratorium. Like, honestly, if you're a little if, – if, if all I hear about you is bad things and you just seem bitter on the internet, I'm going to ignore you yeah. about anything, really. And that's just me. I mean, I'm also that person, so feel free to ignore me. But <laughs> I think Fair. one person who gets a pass is CM Punk, the person that 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 WWE almost killed. <laughs> like, yeah, literally. He, I think he has a he has a valuable uh, insight and a perfectly good reason to not trust anyone. And I appreciate that. He yeah. makes that he makes the company works for now a whole lot of money, and he doesn't want the billionaire owner to ever forget that. And you know what? Good on him. Yeah. The fact that that rubs some people in the locker room the wrong way, that sucks, actually. I wish there was an adult way for them to handle that. But I'm not there, and I can't be a mediator for these people because they wouldn't listen to me anyway. So <laughs> I have to <laughs> – that's just how it is. I would rather him be a thorn in the billionaire side than not. So yeah, if you, if you I, make that company so much money that they basically like shoehorn you wherever they can – you should make sure that that person respects you and your time that you're putting in there. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think it's ridiculous. I think, like, I think 
what AEW has been doing has been ridiculous. And I, I do think there should be people who are actively saying stuff. Also, fuck you, Sammy Guevara. Like, fire Sammy Guevara. Do you don't need him there. Yeah, he's like 19. <laughs> uh, just let him get his ass beat more just, times in the back. Oh and then he'll, he'll learn. Uh, uh, Emmett, because I'm pretty sure you, 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 I'm just going to give you kind of like a backdrop. People are listening backdrop. Sammy Guevara, wrestler, very young dude, uh, who says a lot of fucking he's out of pocket. He's like shit. 20, he's like 24, actually. He's, he's like, yeah. he's an adult. He's not, a, he's not he, a really he is an stuff. adult, yes. But he says a lot of out of pocket stuff. Uh, uh, he had to get huh. checked originally for, uh, saying that he would, uh, sexually assault Sasha Banks. Um, uh, well, uh, what? Yeah. Yeah, where he had to he had to Fuck. legitimately put in a do one of the Twitter apologies because he does that. Uh, but he, get that notes apology. <laughs> uh, he recently uh, almost lost his life to Eddie Kingston in the <laughs> locker room because he was talking shit. Because Eddie Kingston doesn't have the tone muscular physique of a wrestler, and and yeah, and and Eddie Eddie is about that life for real. <laughs> and Eddie uh, put his hands on him and got suspended. Eddie being the better man saying that he should have got suspended, but yeah, no, Sammy Guevara needs to stop that shit. We need to stop. We need to get better about body shaming in general. I think that's, it's I, fucking that, I think that's true. I think there's, I think there's also like this line that, um, wrestling walks where you, the bad guy's bad and he needs to do what he has to do to make sure everybody loses them. Right. Like you, you chase, you yeah. chase this reaction and you try to do whatever you can to get that reaction. And I think the rules have changed over time to recognize that not everything is worth doing some heat is not worth getting um and what that is 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 changing in real time i think it, back in the day uh a, a bad guy calling somebody fat would be considered like all in the act all in fun or whatever but i think as we've changed like the as we start to recognize like there are things about a person that they kind of can't just change overnight and that some things about them aren't reflections of those people that. Yeah. And you would, and you can take that understanding and say, well, a guy, a bad guy saying that it does actually reflect you as a person is just them being wrong and bad. And that makes them a bad person as a character is acceptable. I think the problem becomes like, it feels low hanging fruit. It feels like low hanging fruit and you're insulting more than just him when you say something like, yeah, um, and I think this this happens. Uh, there was a, a kind of a rash of this, I want to say, in like the tw- twenty twelve or something when the indies were like popping, and the people who are now in these big companies used to be like indie darlings for a while. There was this weird incident that kept happening with different people who are famous now, uh, working for billion dollar companies now, where they would go to indie shows and call black wrestlers nigger just to get a pop. Like the Wait idea a is these people are these are characters being well. bad guys, but they maybe maybe there are other ways to say I don't like you. Yeah, uh, that that's that's more I, than the fucking character. The problem becomes <laughs> the problem becomes Jesus. toothful. It's not just a character saying this to another character, even though that's where it starts. But these mm. rooms, this is PWG, so this is over in California or in Seattle. Um or California, oh, I, think. I know we're uh, California. Yeah, yeah, we're so seeing, we're seeing it, yeah. These uh, PWG specifically, because it happened twice there. Um, they are exclusive shows. You have to buy the tickets in person. You cannot pre-order, and when they're out, they're out. So only diehard people go to these places. Uh, like celebrities do not get to cut the line. If you're in line and you're number thirty and get the thirtieth ticket, you made it. If you don't, you do not. And there's nothing. There's nothing you do about it. 
these crowds are filled predominantly with white people, white young men, who would think that is fine because it's not talking about them. If you're the one black person in this crowd and Kevin Owens calls someone a nigger and everyone looks, everyone's like, oh, he said it and everyone's cheering, but you're the black person like, uh, is that, is that? Looking around. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Like you're, that is not a safe space for you to think or to to you to to, to sort of explore the the nuances of how that might make you feel, um, and there's never been. Eventually, there there's been a reckoning, like relatively recent, right right before the pandemic, because Excalibur is another person who did it. Um, mm. They had to take him off the mega couple for a couple of weeks to cool that down. Yeah. Um, there there had been an understanding now that that chasing that kind of heat is maybe not okay there right. was a part there was a time when maybe it was um but even then it maybe wasn't okay in that direction like one of the most famous uh examples of a wrestler being racist for the specific purpose of being racist is one of my favorite wrestlers new jack new jack was a black wrestler from the from my area um he famous one of his most famous promos was during the oj simpson trial where, oh Lord. yes, I'm already yeah, scared. Smoky Routen Wrestling. I remember this. <laughs> yeah, where he, where his reaction, someone um, was asking him about, like, well, how do you feel about this other fucking wrestler? And he's like, fuck that dude. He's white. I hate him. Uh, also, shout out to my homie OJ. Um, there's a story that like, I can't remember. Yeah, it was like, I'll goes, send it goes, to you. Yeah, he goes, uh, shout out to my homie OJ. You got two of them down. We got more to go. Whoa! <laughs> in, a, in a predominantly white crowd the in the South. They don't, he's in the deep South of Smoky Mountain. Jim Cornette's running this thing. People <sighs> don't like him already because he's black. So what they decide to do is make like a black power like group. And he is a leader of it. And literally this room is 500 white people. Rednecks. They will kill this person. If he doesn't, get, if he doesn't finish this match and get the fuck out of here, they might hang this person tonight. So his job... <laughs> His, their idea, him and Jim Cornette's idea, is like, let's make this the worst thing possible. Like, <laughs> let's let's make my, if my life isn't in danger when this match is over, I didn't do my job. But I think, I think that angle still gets to be subversive because of the power dynamics of race. Exactly. True. Yeah. Uh, it's fucking and New Jack also, completely <laughs> side story, New Jack's the person, the reason I did not pursue pro wrestling because he told me not to personally. Really? He told me to go to college, and I was like, okay, and I went to college. <laughs> um, but when you do it the other way, when it's when it's like a, a white indie darling uh, in a predominantly white crowd with one black wrestler and then maybe two black people in the crowd, you call the black wrestler a nigger, you're playing a different power dynamic, and that's probably a problem. And I think yeah. that has progressed to other things that isn't like a – other physical things that a person can't like change overnight like we've we've all decided as a culture that like maybe weight isn't like isn't the the moral failing that maybe we've been led to assume it is so when someone decides that it's going to be we're not really going to be uh cool with that anymore yeah um i think we're still working that out publicly there are still wrestlers Mm -hmm. who do it scott steiner's been doing it for 30 years like but that's also him. He's, I guess, he gets a pass because it's literally his entire gimmick is that I'm, I'm amazing and you're fat. But I also, I think also, he does it because like I think if you actually talk to Scott Snyder person, 
Yes, that's not the person is not this guy. He's it's not the guy he plays. He's the exact opposite right. of the guy he plays. But no one knows that he's so good at it. Right. But Sammy Guevara has his reputation of being the guy he is. You know? Yes. And I, I think mean, this, this, there's like this stacked up sort of heat that they've always had because Eddie just doesn't like him. I mean, and has well, not, not been very secretive about it. But Sammy's very famously the guy who, I mean, his whole thing was like, I think even during the pandemic, like how much he loved his girlfriend. I think it, like even at one point proposed to her. Proposed like, her in the in, ring. In oh. the ring. It was very public. Wow. <laughs> and then when, okay. uh, Ty, when Ty Conti uh, left WWE, came to AEW, all of a sudden they're really close. Like, they're really close. Uh so yeah, he ended up cheating on his, I think, then fiance. Their fiance, yeah. Yeah, broke the um, engagement. Broke and, the engagement, and they are they are now married. Uh, yeah, like two, and, two months later, Ty, Ty and Sammy are homies. They're like more than friends, and then like six months or about a year after that, they're married. Yeah, like it's just it. great. I but, honestly like. I think I think that's kind. I think a lot of this shit is the reason why I like. Cody was like, I'm, I'm good actually. Cody's and like, I, I need, I'm getting older. I need the bag, bag, and like, yeah. also, this is where my dad wanted me to go and wanted me to be successful, and that's where I'm gonna go. I think. Yeah, like, and yeah, it, also, and also, I don't want to be, I don't want to be everybody's dad here. Actually, yeah, like that's that's so that's, that's my fair. bigger my my bigger thing with like AEW. I think honestly, if people who are older end up leaving, I think that would. I think that would hurt that company because, like, there's talk that the the other founding uh, owners, like the Bucks and Omega, are not adverse to hearing from WWE. And WWE is in such a really weird space right now because Triple H is just like, oh, all my indie ideas from 2010. Like, I wanted to create, I wanted to create all these NXTs. Vince is gone. I'm NXT yeah, Europe. I'm Let's go. <laughs> like, fuck you. I'm gonna do it. I, I think we're like we're in a very weird space. I don't think it's I don't think it's impossible to think that the young bucks leave that Kenny Omega leaves like the fact that that Tony Khan had to do the whole I told them not to tamper with my <laughs> with my wrestlers it's like dog what did you do with what did you do with Jeff Hardy when they were just like hey Jeff you need to chill out and you're like but come over here yeah you know <laughs> it turns out maybe they weren't wrong and weren't being like weird like and, and listen if the WWE is fucking up, there's a great chance they're fucking up. If everyone thinks yeah. they're fucking up, they probably are because the history. But like, also, if Jeff Hardy's fucking up, there's also a great chance he's fucking up because of his history. So, right, there's that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, no, my favorite wrestler is who's that? An AI created rapper. Mm, <laughs> love that. Love that. Let's get right into who him. I listened to like earlier today because I had, exactly. I forgot to do that earlier, and I don't. How the fuck did this happen? Yeah. Okay. So Octane uh, from uh, Apex Legends is now a rapper. <laughs> All right. So Evan Mecca, um, you guys have heard about this. Evan Mecca is a AI digital rapper who, um, at one point, was signed to Capitol Records, uh, and then became unsigned when uh, they kind of like figured days out later. that days later. Well, they Maybe. figured out that uh, <laughs> this rapper uh, was actually created by a white company. And the lines are fed, fed by white people. Like originally, there was a uh, there was a black uh, rapper who was the original voice of of uh, FN Mecca, uh, Kyle the Hooligan, uh, was the original mm-hmm. voice. But they uh, they didn't pay uh, Kyle very uh, did recently did an interview with Jarvis Johnson, uh, who did a really good interview with him and somebody over from Genius, who kind of broke the story. Um, but Kyle the Hooligan did not ask to get paid. 
up front. He wanted because they gave they offered to give him equity into the company. Uh, so he did like the first track, and then they ghosted him. Uh, basically, there was no presence of FN Mecca until recently, when they kind mm. of blew up. And yeah, so he is currently in a in a legal battle. But yeah, no, this shit's fucking weird. Like it's weird, and like they feed an AI, and like it just says nigga, and I'm like, I get really weird about white people creating their robots to say the N word. Like it's, <laughs> it's the reason why like I, I can't go back yeah, to what's called. It's, again, it's like it's like the GTA thing. I can't go back to GTA because like I start the first part of that game. It's like this is written by white people, and I fucking hate it. And like this is the same thing with the F and Mecca stuff. Like it just I fucking think, sucks. I, I think there's a so I. I I think what works or what what doesn't repulse me about like GTA is that it's still acted by a black person. Yes. Like yeah. they, that's what gives someone, it the texture I feel like. Right. Someone someone read this and this person's in a way and and I, I don't want to say that participation is just directly a cosign when you're an employer of a of a person of a place. But I can't imagine if someone if they had a real problem with the with who wrote it and their intentions with writing it, that they would continue participating in it. Mm-hmm. I think that that sometimes is a conversation that, that sort of carries over to people like uh, like Tarantino, who just loves yes. the N-word, just loves yeah. the word nigger. Uh, yeah. If he can write himself to say it, he's going to. Right. Um, but I think so many people get involved with his projects that it's not as simple as him just kind of put it like writing himself writing a writing a universe where he can stay in and it's fine even though that's right. definitely what's happening um this is weird though this is like we want to take this is literally like there, there's always been this relationship between like the the rapper the black music artists and then the the all of the various capitalist forces that extract everything they can from them uh, without ever having to address the fact that they're a black person doing this, and all the ways that that intersects with the rest of this, rest of the infrastructures and 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 institutions that they interact with, they they steal all the worth without ever having to address their cultural needs. Um, yeah. This is like literally that they just created someone that isn't real, that pretends to be black. They can extract all of the wealth that comes with a black rapper doing black rapper shit without ever having to even interact with a black rapper. And you know what's funny? The weirdest thing about this whole story is that they they want to engage in all like this black rap subculture or whatever, but the actual like AI character isn't black. It's like this a vaguely like yeah, maybe it's just, Hispanic. It's, just it's like, ethnic. like yeah, it's just ethnic. Like he's just vaguely brown. And it's it's like the um I've, oh, uh, Takashi Six Nine thing. Like yeah. people were all over him because he was this bright person, bright colorful personality. But he was also doing, or at least having that same type of rap aesthetic, where he's like always loud, he's brash, he's violent, the type of stuff that people are interested in. But it feels safer because it's not an actual black person doing it, right? Yeah. yeah. So like, it's just weird that even when you could like make anything, you still fall back into that very safe kind of template. For a hip hop artist, it's fucking. It's bizarre. just it gets it gets very unsettling when you take the per- like ever having to deal with the black person out of it because that's mm-hmm. always the, the minimized thing anyway. But like when you never even have to address it and can still achieve 
success to a point where this this literal computer program is getting signed to a like a, a record deal like we're now approaching we're now approaching like black mirror <laughs> shit yeah yeah we want the juice without taking care of the tree to grow the fruit right I, and it's yeah it, and this this is becoming like they do it with influencers like this isn't the first time an, an ai personality has become like part of the real world in a way that makes it weird but this is even weirder because of all of the other implications um, yeah i i was just looking up one because billboard had a good write-up about it about like digital blackface and this is one i'd never heard of maybe you guys had uh uh shudu hmm. graham shudu graham yeah i'll i'll put it in the thing apparently in 2017 there was a a a black model by the name of shudu graham that turns out was not black was actually a white uh a white man who was using cgi and and try to do digital blackface and like apparently this huh. is just a thing now I, i'm I don't, scared <laughs> like do we i mean obviously we live in black beer like that's not even a joke like do we live in black beer but like obviously we do but like uh, i don't i i i <laughs> i just saw the newport ad that you shared also <laughs> yes 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 you guys, don't, you guys didn't see it but there's a great newport ad aubrey looking tremendous selling the the flavor of a, of a, of a newport he does um, I just look put like it he in here I did, I, I just put it in the chat, uh, the shooting ground stuff. But like, okay. what is this? Um, what is up with this digital blackface? Right? Like, it, it, it is something that just like it doesn't go away. It's like it was is permeated in like the the stuff with Fortnite. Like that's still been like, is it yeah. really cool to see Dragon Ball Z characters in Fortnite? But I also started saying like, people were like, oh, you see Goku doing you know the Fetty Waffle. I'm like, I still don't like that black people haven't been paid for those dances like they should have been. And like, it's very cool to see Goku do this stuff, but like, I want a funny intersection of all that because it's like, let's let me remove Goku from the, the context of like, well, what makes Goku interesting and just put yeah. him as a shell of this thing. At least he has a Kamehameha, I guess it's not like, uh, <laughs> it's not like the real like, with God. Yeah. It's not like the <laughs> other, like, like, especially like early on where it was just like, here's John wick. He has gun or here. Yeah. Here's Naruto. There's nothing special about Naruto except that he's a skin. You can do nothing Naruto. Like he just has a gun. I mean, they got uh, characters like that, like uh, Mike Lowry's in the game and it's literally <laughs> just Mike Lowry from bad boys. <laughs> like that's it. Just it's with just Ariana taking, Grande wings. <laughs> it's taking like these, 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 uh, these icons in these other fictional places, putting them in this Fortnite chimera of stuff without any of the culture or any of the of the mechanical markers that make them cool and then allowing you to continue to puppet through all of the fun uh trendy dances that no one got paid for i'll, <laughs> Which is not I'll true. say they do it now but yeah i was gonna say they like the one of the battle pass dances literally like that whole i ain't never been with a baddie dance that blew up on tiktok mm-hmm. they talked to that creator she was promoting yeah. the shit so like yeah. you know they're doing that now but i do think it's interesting the whole aspect of like maybe this has something to do with fm mecca or it is an entirely different thing but the whole aspect of in fortnite how because i i play a lot of fortnite i buy a lot of the skins that i care about blah 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 but a lot of that just feels like a t-shirt 
<laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm wearing this to show that I like this thing so that when yes, you see me in game. exactly what I think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, he likes Ariana Grande because he's playing as Ariana Grande or I so on and so forth. I think my problem, though, is that that's, that should be fine. I, and I, I guess ultimately it is. I just have a problem with it. I don't like that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think it's weird because Fortnite itself is such a now I say this liking the game a lot, it is such a sterile product. It is mm-hmm. such a oh, yeah. thing that is created to be a template for other things to where when you add something like that into it to inject some personality, you're injecting personality into something that didn't have much of a personality to begin with. It's I, not the a comparison I personality now is person is like other personality. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's not like something like VR chat where VR chat is also something very sterile, but because it is such a diverse tool and such a diverse thing, people bring in all these other images and models and worlds from other games, entertainment properties, whatever. But it still has personality because it's VR chat. You can do anything and you're talking to actual people. You're you're having actual interactions. Fortnite, you're having interactions as well. But when you're talking to someone over Fortnite, your character's just standing there, probably with a gun aimed. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> I will say, like, no build Fortnite is the most bland ass tv show video game video game that i've played so much like i play a lot of fortnite i play fortnite a lot as well yeah. uh but i've only spent money for two things john cena and the dragon ball z stuff because i am <laughs> on point like they you came out with john cena i had to they're like oh it's john cena's like well i have to put money into this it's john cena like we can't what are we talking about? Here? See, I had that same conversation for Mike Lowry, for Ariana Grande, <laughs> for <laughs> for fucking for multiple Spider Men at this point. I would like, have done it on. for Silk Sonic if I was playing the game with Silk Sonic. I did that for Silk Sonic. I would have done it for Silk Sonic. <laughs> uh, like, goddamn! I get to shoot people with Anderson Park. Are you are you kidding me? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, I think this thing like. I mean, this is the thing like the effing Mecca stuff. It kind of goes back into like where we're going in digitally and like the nft and like when i was listening to kyle hooligans uh kyle the hooligans interview like he was thinking like this is going to be like the next step like where you go with like the nft culture and like to me that's where it gets more pervasive because i think it's one the blacks like the 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 digital blackface thing but two like this is where like these pervasive movements like the nft movement or like these these tokens as figure or like these avatars as people aspects as we get into it like we kind of are are then moving away from like who people are right like evan mecca if this was a regular person right like let's say this was a studio plant this was kyle the hooligan and the studio wrote all this stuff like you guys said at some point it would be less i'm offended by this because of the structure around it more of like I it may not be for me. I want him to get his money. But the the scary thing with this new digital future and the fact that music companies are deciding to make 20 million reject Hot Studio Mikus like <laughs> it, it, it gets weird where I think of like well then now like at what point does the music become authentic? What at what point do can you have a resonation like to resonate with this music as opposed to this is just a cartoon character that's not real in this fake world. It becomes real hard to make that distinction because it's it's hard to like, I feel like with music, but like a lot of art in general, it's very easy to like spit out some algorithmically created thing and have it be at least palatable, if not entertaining. Like 
like TikTok is a great example. Like th- this character blew up on TikTok. I can't tell you how many little like like you could tell there's like videos that are like actual skits that someone like put thought into jokes and stuff. You can tell when there's like actual music being made. But sometimes you can tell when it's just like I can't tell you you'll you'll slide through and it'll be one of those like AI generated animations where it's like a circle sliding into another circle very smoothly, like <laughs> ASMR stuff. And like you're like, all right, this is just a thing. But those things have millions of likes because they resonate and it just tickles the the insect brain of people. And so when it comes to like music also being made in the same way, you can very easily make a quote unquote hit song just using very common things from other things, or even just sampling a song other people know. Like, look at the Jack Harlow track that blew up. He just sampled Fabulous and knew, mm-hmm. oh, I have a large female audience. They're going to dig this. And here he is, top of the charts. So, like, how are we going to be able to tell if there's, like, sincerity in it? Like, it's really going to come to how can you feel the the fingerprint of an artist over a product? That's think- why. Yeah, go I ahead. Agree. I agree. I think mm-hmm. I think my problem becomes when you remove a person from it, like the actual like yeah. even if let's say even if they are like legitimately industry plants, right? Like let's say mm-hmm. let's say Lil Nas X is absolutely an industry plant. Like he didn't he did not get it from the mud. He the, a, a studio backed him from day one, which was kind of true, but not really. He he broke out with um, Old Town Road. Old Town Road, and then yeah. he really Oosh. broke out again with the Old Town Road remix because he got rejected from CMT and all that kind of stuff. And that was, mm. that's what made his career, basically. But let's say, you know, or someone like Billie Eilish, who is talented, but did not grow up in a scene where she had to build herself. Like, she wrote a couple of songs, and then this, a studio immediately got behind her and her brother, right. who were making music. And, and it's, she's been a studio product ever since. At least then, <clears throat> she, can, she can manipulate the charts, because she has all this money, this backing from a studio, and she can get on... Kimmel, she can do all these night shows, she can release whatever album she wants, she can be into soundtracks, whatever. At least she still is a person who's a vector to receive the benefits of the art she is making. There's a person who gets to benefit and a person who gets to be a part of a creative process and can still create music in a way that we respect music to be created, which is like a person with talent does a thing. <clears throat> when you remove that person and now a corporation is like focus tested a song to make millions of dollars and you skip over the fact the fact that a person did anything uh and now just and and, and, and an llc made this music and but they are still they're the ones who are showing up on the night shows they're the ones who end up in soundtracks they're the ones who do all this kind of stuff and have been in commercials or whatever skips completely over the human experience and now it's just a corporation making a facsimile of the human experience that feels like have you ever played xcom <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The aliens in XCOM, when you get to the end, you get to the mothership. The aliens are just staring at like a box. When you're investigating the mothership, you find that their computers are like they, there's a box that just projects colors into their faces and that's their entertainment. That's what that feels mm. like. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I like, it feels say. like someone just created what is the, what is the sequence of lights and sounds that will make your brain feel like it's being tickled. Mm. Let's just beam that into your face then. We will make a bunch of money. Your head will be tickled, and that's and that's all you really wanted, right? And like that feels bad, I think. Plus, I I also feel like when you start getting down to making art in that way, where it's just where it's a bunch of people who focus group the product into existence rather than a person making a product. I feel like, especially in this generation, where it's it's one of two things that are going to happen. 
where people stand culture is a thing. People are mm. so thirsty for a personality to just rally around and to obsess over. Mm. If that personality is hollow, if it feels focus grouped and just, you know, ran into the ground tested like that, people are going to know. People are not going to get behind that because there's no good story to rally around and no good personality to rally around. If it's just the music, people aren't going to latch on to that. But at the same time, <clears throat> I am a little worried because all we all experience the world primarily through screens now. Unless mm. you are rocking a Nokia flip phone and are traveling the world, you're experiencing the world through a screen most likely. Mm. And because of that, it is so much easier to fake that story. It is so much easier to, you know... Like, oh, we, David Letterman, or let's not even say David Letterman. Uh, Jimmy Fallon's probably the better candidate for this. Jimmy Fallon doing an interview with this random AI-generated artist. You can project him into the seat and have him laugh at his jokes. Mm, like, yeah. that's very easy to do. You can make up this thing. People, there's already stand culture over actual fictional characters. Like, right. at a certain point, you can stretch that that grift long Remove enough to them get from the trappings there. of fiction and put them in your real world, and what's the difference? Exactly, yeah. exactly. But if, if the reaction you... is engagement, like on social media platforms and spins on Spotify, mm -hmm. if that's all you're looking for, then what's the difference? Yeah, you're right. Exactly. But I, I like to think that people care about actual people more than to just let a thing exist by itself in a vacuum i think they're gonna actually want i mean that's that's a big reason why art music that might not be the greatest gets so popular because you like the person who made it you know yeah. so uh, yeah uh because you did give me a good segue but i do want to bring up something real quick because you gave me a good segue to the last thing um Please. i will say like that that reminds me of, like the billy eilish song right like because you guys brought up billy eilish but the guy who did that song who's like was really big on tiktok now like the big t-shirt billy eilish, like oh that's yeah that guy, guy yeah yeah who got signed by capitol records which was very funny because like he originally did the track as a joke and then it got big and then it got big enough where billy eilish saw it and then she was like, oh, yeah, I, I want that. But then also they had to license uh, the – why can't I think of the name? I think it was a Case song or something, like early it's 2000s. Not, it's not Case. It's a 2000 song. It's not Case. Uh, it's, it's not, not Eve, a, is it? No. it's. Uh, I saw the TikTok where he talked about this, so I'm trying to like think I'm back I'm very to upset because I, I – Some dude had a puffy jacket on. I know that much in the video what, for the song. It's a Diddy? It's not a Diddy. It's not a Diddy track. It is a North – it's up North um, – it might be a Diddy posse in his circle. I don't think it could be, yeah, it could be a bad player adjacent. Uh, yeah, something like it that. was a capital track that had to do it, uh, that they had to uh, to get. But I will go in so I can look for it later and then interrupt, interject at some point and say what it is. Uh, but, you know, we think of something like that. But when you talk about, like, the media conglomeration of everything, I wanted to kind of transition into the last thing I definitely want to talk about, which has been, like, this very weird thing that's been going on with Discovery and HBO Max. Like, as you said, mm. like, as we become, like, a monoculture and, like, the stuff that we have, unfortunately, where we're going at with corporations is, like, they have commodified everything that we've loved and nothing can grow. And I think, like, what's what a lot of people have been complaining about for years has been, like, everything's a remake, which I, I think is a bullshit argument because everything forever has been a remake. Storytelling since the beginning of storytelling. Every story has been retold. It's, that's kind of the, the issue with storytelling. However, Noriega. I think the bigger <laughs> – It is Dory. Damn. Yeah, it is Dory. I just looked yes. it up. I just wanted to throw it yeah. in. Uh, it's close. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, – 
I think the bigger thing that's scary to me is the loss of media and the lack of preservation of so people don't know HBO Max and Discovery have kind of fused. Discovery has bought out HBO Max and what they've started to do um, outside of getting rid of a lot of their um, their people of color that are working in those in these fields uh, for these companies, they are losing out of uh, shows. So fully whole shows like um, uh, uh, like Infinity, uh, Train. Infinity Train was definitely the big one. Uh, but also, um, they just, uh, ran through, I think it's, uh, there was like another show that was on, uh, it's on, it's running on Cartoon Network right now that they basically just like, we're going to finish them all in one weekend. Like they have, they have just decided to completely gut these services of all these shows in an effort for, I don't know what. Um and it's they can write it off as a tax loss. That's well, yes. Well, that's well, that's the big thing is because Batgirl, uh, very famously, is not going to be shown. It's actually being shown by two executives before they throw it into a pit because they're going to use it to fund and get money because that's ultimately what their idea is. It doesn't matter what like what this art is because fuck that. How do I make money out of that? And I think it's very scary, especially like as we look at it from a gaming standpoint. Every day I wake up, Embracer Group has eaten up another indie company. And yep. I'm just like, what the it's fuck is going weird. on? It stopped being a joke today. And I was like, oh, no, it's like literally every couple of days. They're buying some crazy, like some shit you know, they could afford. Like, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. And and it, to me, this is this is so I I am I have I've always been like, you know, companies are there because you need to have backing and funding and stuff like that. I, and I do believe that to a degree. But at the same point, what's scary to me is we're going to end up into a point where we're going to be talking about shows in before when we used to have digital scarcity because there was just not a way to view it. We're going to be like, oh, yeah, remember that show? What show? I don't think that's ever existed. And it's just gone. And that's fucking terrifying to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, back then we used to rip out the VHS tapes. Someone would have had a copy somewhere. Right. And all, I feel like the modern equivalent of that is, of course, you know, you get on the pirate ship online is all I'm going to say if you really want to get into it. But it's, that shouldn't be the case when we have right. all these companies with all these mega massive resources. Like, yeah, I understand you want to write off this stuff as a loss to get some more profit because Discovery Plus was a loss because no one wants to pay a subscription service to watch fucking dirty jobs. But, <laughs> <laughs> and I say that as someone who watched a lot of dirty jobs as a kid. But um, yeah, people, yeah, I understand they want to make money. But at the same time, you definitely have the resources to be able to keep this stuff up. You just don't want to pay the artists. You just don't want to pay the licensing fees for all that stuff. Like, it's it's small pennies that add up. But, like, really, if you want to cut some shit down, like, you have a whole board of white people that you could totally help to just cut their salaries a little bit. Because, A, they can take it. And, B, what the fuck are they going to do? They, they already are making decisions that are worth the decrease in salary. <laughs> like, what the, we the doing? crazy part is they 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 need to have it all streamlined in the thing that they have, I guess, right? But they're not even considering the fact that you could just do it like they used to and just fucking sell it. Like, yeah, it doesn't have to be on your streaming service. You just have to put it somewhere and then charge money for it. And if someone just wants to buy it, they can just do that. The fact yeah. that it doesn't even exist to be bought from you is the is the the problem 
Yeah. Like what happened to the Netflix deals people made where everything was on there and you worked out a deal. Now it's like, oh, if we're not doing right. it, it don't exist. That's yeah. the, like you there's somebody wants this and you can just sublet it to them probably and make some money. Like there's no or just make it like maybe I can't stream it. Like my worry is we're in the middle of Batman Beyond. Like, am I going to turn on HBO Max next month and it's just gone and we just don't see the rest of it and then can't <laughs> buy it at all? Like if. You don't want to let me stream it episode by episode using the subscription that we pay for. You can just put it somewhere else and charge me like 30 bucks for it. And then I'll just buy it from you in a lump sum. And then I'll just have it. I don't see the problem in that. Because the other prop, the other thing is maybe I just steal it then. And then, yeah. then, I, then it's mm-hmm. on my computer the way I wanted it anyway. And I was willing to spend $30 and buy it from you. But you don't have it somewhere for some re- for whatever reason. It's very weird to me, and it's happening in games uh, aggressively, where Ubisoft yeah. is just like, these don't exist anymore, for yeah. whatever reason. Uh, and I don't understand. Like, it can't be such a burden financially that I can't buy an old Rainbow Six game right. digitally. Like, it, mm-hmm. I don't understand what the problem is. Like, it's and and doubly so i don't understand why if i own a thing i already bought it but now i just can't play it because you don't want me to like i probably wasn't going to play it i'll be honest with you was i playing watchdogs absolutely not but i did buy watchdogs and the fact that i can no longer play it this way just because you said i can't makes no sense to me now that is in the fine print of buying a digital thing like they right. have always had the ability to do this. No one, everyone's always thought, all right, if they do this, that'll be a problem. But no one's going to do that. Yeah. Wrong. Ubisoft has decided they're going to be the first people to do that. Uh, and maybe not the first people to ever do it, because sometimes you have people take stuff off of the marketplace because their license is up for a particular thing, and they either have to mm-hmm. change it or not sell it, like the Deadpool game, where a bunch of licensed music's in that, and a bunch of that, bunch of that yeah. that relationship yeah. over. So, like, Either they dub that music, or you just can't buy it. Um, or the um, the racist game where it's just racist. You gotta take it. You which gotta one? Take it <laughs> uh, the postal guy didn't the postal guy do one where it was just like it's like it's oh. called the hatred. I don't know. Oh, it it, it uh, wasn't from post. It, I think no. the postal developers published it, but yeah, uh, hatred. That's hatred. that's the game you're thinking of. The top down just it's the, the the school sad. shooter game. It's not a school shooter. It's like a mass shooter. It's like a dinosaur. Yes, the mass shooter game. People. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no points or anything. Just fucking no, yeah. violence for nothing. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, for no reason. Um, it's it's we've entered a, we've entered the cool zone where you could buy a thing legitimately and they can just take it for no reason um and the only other option is to get physical copies um or but but my problem with physical copies is that it's a guarantee that this wasn't this won't happen because you always have to verify these things online if i buy an ubisoft game Mm. physically and they've made it impossible to play they could hypothetically just turn that game off and i can't because i can't verify it online i can't play this game whether i have a disc or not well i said even on on ps5 like that's not you don't own that game you own like you own the digital license to download the game right on the website there's no game on the disc uh Mm -hmm. which or at least not enough to actually play yeah in like an offline sense so there's like a level you kind of have to accept when you live in a, a digital streaming world like 
I don't really own these things. I, I'm really just buying permission to play these things until you don't want to give me that permission anymore. It just seems very strange to not ever to, to, to decide it's not worth it financially to offer the product to own. Like you, you, me just letting you have this, especially in a digital world where, where scarcity doesn't exist. You can just download a, a, an MP4 and here's the series that that's still too expensive for us. Mm-hmm. We don't want, we don't want your money that way. I'll, I'll say this is like a, I don't know if this is a devil's advocate argument necessarily, but I do find it interesting that I feel like, yes, capitalistic forces are the reason that we are in this universe in the first place. That's the reason they don't want you to own things because they can make more money if they charge you for every new iteration or they charge you just to keep access to it. You know, all that stuff is true. But at the same time, I'm like, we are we are living in a world where not only do more things exist than ever before, we have access to all those things at any given point. So yeah. like Yes, because I'm I'm someone who like for all my favorite things, I try to make sure I own a copy. Like all my favorite movies, I got a Blu-ray of. Like all my favorite games, I have physically, um, or I just owned them somewhere where I can get it really quickly without having to go through a bunch of hoops. I I think sometimes maybe we our perception of like art and media that we consume is the fun of it, having it and watching it a bunch of times because you have it in a permanent sense. Or is the fun experience, is is it the experience that's valuable or is it the actual art that's valuable? Sometimes I think about that because I'm not sure if that's, once again, it doesn't justify the fact that we're in this world. But when I think back to it, it's like, yes, like something like Cloverfield. I, I made sure to get the fucking steelbook of Cloverfield. That's one of my favorite mm. movies of all time. I'm not watching it all the time. Like, it's not like a movie I have on repeat, but I like thinking about it. I like thinking mm. back to the moments of I like like thinking back to my experiences with the art rather than experiencing the art itself. I understand for video games, it's a little bit different. But even in the case of games that you're supposed to replay, something like Nier Automata, I think about that experience all the time rather than trying to go back to the game itself. So maybe that is I don't know if that's a byproduct of the system we're in that has mm. kind of shifted my perspective of art to the experiences rather than the art itself or if it came before all of that changed um but i don't know for me i'm not saying it's not a problem because yeah there's some stuff that i can't access now like old school nickelodeon shit that is gone that i won't ever be able to see but at the same time i ask myself how much am i missing that because was i going to go back to that in the first place and is the experience not what i'm thinking about more than the art itself what i think the bigger what i think the bigger issue when I think about like preservation, especially in games and media also goes into it is that a lot of times people like to tinker with shit. It's the George Lucas effect, right? It's really, it's a Ted Turner mm-hmm. effect, like making like colorizing movies, mm-hmm. but um, <clears throat> with games themselves, like if someone asked me right now, what is the best way of playing the video game Chrono Trigger? One of the greatest video games of all time, I would say, well, go get a DS, go get a, you know, the DS version or DS or 3DS, get the DS version of, of Chrono Trigger or, you know, maybe emulate it. Uh, but that's the best version of Chrono Trigger. You can buy Chrono Trigger. None of the versions you can buy of Chrono Trigger are good. Like they're just, mm. they are from how they were implemented, how they have been digitally converted. They are not done well. Um, the pixel perfect, the reason, there's a reason why they have to do the pixel perfect versions for final fantasy games because they had those ios versions out 
which look like ass and play like ass. Yeah. And the pixel person, the pixel pixel perfect versions do not work as well. Like, uh, shout out to Cat Bailey uh, from IGN. She was talking about like she uh, is gone away from her Steam Deck because Steam Deck won't literally load uh, uh, the pixel perfect perfect version of Final Fantasy V. Wow. It just won't <laughs> load it. Like it, it like that's but crazy. so but that's like that's where I feel like. I think that some scarcity is good. I don't think every. I, I think like once you have everything like at your fingertips, at that point you get to a digital glut, and you like how much can you see, right? Like I, I think like one of the things about Game Pass that I think actually works, and it feels like a, a blockbuster or, or a, a library of like, hey, here are the games that we have, and these can circle out if you want this grab this but you can check it out and i think that's like the strength of game pass mm-hmm. isn't that i own all these games it's that oh i can check these games out and i can see if i like it and i think like if we start getting rid of like the preservation aspect of it if they make it where like the only way you can get it is you have to like pay this exorbitant fee to have this physical copy like then you do miss out of that oh i'm gonna try this game out and then i agree if i like this i could pay more money uh, but again, I also think that we don't, not everything needs to be like, not everything needs to be available, but let me rephrase that. Not everything needs to be, I give you a dollar, you give me everything, but maybe mm-hmm. I give you $5 and you can circle things out and then I can go back and I like that. I'll give you more than $5, but not a thousand dollars. My dollar gives me a menu and then I can choose from that menu and actually buy what I want. Exactly. But I also think like some experiences are that they're temporary, which is part of it. But I think True. the other part is like an experience I have 10 years ago. Uh, I may not want to watch a thing every so often from 10 years ago to now. But the fact that I have to choose, especially if the scarcity isn't the experience, the fact that I have to kind of that I can come back 10 years from now and, and think I would like to see if I still have that experience again and then just can't do that seems very strange. Like anyone who has a favorite game from before 2000. Oh, like, you're fucked. <laughs> are, are you sure that's your favorite game? Could you play yeah. that again and verify those feelings? Probably not. If like my favorite game is very good story. I can play that two ways. Yeah. I can buy a physical PlayStation one disc or I can get the Sony PS3, PS4 version from the store. I actually don't know if it plays in a PS4. I'm not sure it plays in my PS5. I'm sure it will play on a Vita and I'm playing on PS3. Could I even play that game in 2022? If I can't play that game, what I'm saying is my favorite experience was Vagrant Story. I can't give you this experience person who never played this game because you can't buy this game actually but i promise i trust trust me it was really good and (laughs) that seems like a bad way to go like if experiences if if you can't reach back in time and allow someone to experience the thing that you experienced there's no like the storytelling of just sharing experiences is over like that is true that is like I can't introduce somebody else to my favorite video game if I can't actually buy it. And then what does anyone learn from the past if we can't share the past? Right. Mm-hmm. Like if 
places own the past and put it in a cellar that you can't buy you can't access then what value is the past then i'll 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 also admit that a lot of these issues when it comes to games specifically because like with a movie it's just it's an mp4 (laughs) you can get that around same Mm -hmm. thing with music as well that's an mp3 you can get that around games are uniquely difficult because unless you're on pc where you can with enough work and you know, you can get anything running on a PC if oh, it was a PC oh, game. I can definitely play Virgin Story today. Yeah, oh, just, yeah. In that case, yeah, I can absolutely yeah. do it. It's just yeah. Yeah. not the way not the way anyone would want me to. Not yeah. the way Square Enix would want me to. <laughs> it's but it's, that it's, that's on them. Like they should be right. investing yeah. that money to make, if not make a proper port of this, then you should be talking to the console manufacturers to say, hey, hey, PlayStation. I know, I know you said PS2 games can't be played on PS3, so you can put the price down. All right, we're we're two generations past that. You need to figure out a solution for this on a consistent basis to where we can make this happen again. Because there's no reason for us not to be able to go back and play these games. Like yeah. I'm right there with you on that. It's the um, it's the argument I had once with somebody about Mother Three. Because I'm very like the day I don't give a shit. Like Nintendo, like as long as it's not like eighty dollars. Nintendo's like Mother Three tomorrow, sixty dollars. Like bet, got you. Um, like somebody... sales? No, not here. <laughs> uh, uh, um, sales. Yeah, uh, uh, but um, I had somebody who was like, "Well, you could just play Mother Three right, uh, Mother. You could play um, Mother Three right now." It's like one, yeah. I fuck. You don't think I've already played Mother Three? You don't think I already <laughs> love this game? Why I want to play it? However, one, I'm playing on an emulator. Guess what? The emulator has it has input lag. So Mother 3's whole thing is like this battle mechanic where you have to – where you're timing your button presses to the music. Guess what Guess what the fuck is off? Like it's – like <laughs> I, I don't have parody, one. And two, I do want to pay for these things if I have the ability to do so. I bought Sega Densetsu 3 when they came out as Trials of Mana and the Mana Collection because I was like, hey, this is a part of gaming history I want. I have bought Live Alive because this is a part of game history I want. So, like, I, I there is a market for it. There's definitely a market for it. I don't – I just – I don't own a billion dollars. This is what I always say with wrestling. Like, I tell people all the time, it's like, I have a million wrestling ideas. I don't have a billion dollars. So I don't know shit about shit. I don't have a billion dollars, so I don't run a game company. If I did, yeah, I'd make all my games available because I would think like that would to me the capitalist brain in me right like that very small part of me that has capitalist ideas and tendencies would be like oh hey here's money I'm leaving on the table that I don't have to relatively put a lot of thought and effort into why don't I cultivate that that's what I would think as a as a as an asshole part of me but like I also think that there should be preservation like you guys said like with a movie I can download an MP4 but there are movies that were just lost to time like we forget that there was a whole era of movies in the early like early days of movies that just no one preserved them. They are just gone. And that's that's buck wild to me. Mm-hmm. And stuff that like maybe almost made it but never did, like this week or maybe last week, there was like that surfacing of the uh American Sailor Moon. Yes. Yeah, shout out to that, like, uh Raven Simone for that one. Yeah, she, yeah, she's that, a like, YouTuber who built that up. That would have never that is something that would have been lost to time if a very specific group of people didn't find a very specific thing. And not that that is good. Like that show isn't, isn't great. Probably it never made it. So it probably had no value, but the fact that it almost happened has value and that there's something on film has value. 
and mm -hmm. that so many people in this country has such relationship with the anime and 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 the books and all and all the other media surrounding that franchise that somebody in america 15 20 years ago recognized that relationship and wanted to do something about it and we almost got like a river a riverdale version of this fucking <laughs> franchise but just a reflection of how we feel about a thing and not that every and listen americanized uh retellings and remakes of things usually suck and, is, and just the concept that we need to do is also bad but yeah. shout out to old boy shout out to old boy <laughs> shout, shout out to old boy shout yeah. out to train to um i don't even know what the american one would be oh, uh, oh about, train uh, to be sand yeah i don't know what yeah, they, i don't know they came out they, they came still out going this year. to i don't know it, it came out this year uh it's just, train to omaha <laughs> i don't know <laughs> it's just called it's just called bullet train it just came out this year with oh Brad wait that just came out that's yeah, tail that's, that's train to be sane yeah that's the remake that's that's the bullet train to Busan, yeah. Whoa. Uh, okay, close. I need to watch that. Uh, the, <laughs> I was excited uh, about that movie, not knowing it was a remake or anything. That's fucked up now. <laughs> like we do this all the time, and we and then that, that there's a whole like Americanizing, Westernizing culture that also overlaps with stealing the culture, blah blah blah. But the fact that we made the efforts is an interesting story that we shouldn't lose, right? Like, and we mm -hmm. almost did. And how many of those stories have we lost because some corporation kind of like folded and just no one cared or no one could care right i yeah. think and this, those kind of things happen with movies all the time it happen with books a lot too but uh i think games should it's weird that you could be assumed since games are so young that they should be better than that but they're actually like the worst at that it yeah. turns out and then that's probably because of when they kind of got popular and, and who controls them like how ip law and stuff has changed around them like they have been the leading force of like ip uh ownership and and right and licensing and shit basically mm -hmm. forever like but it's i don't know I, I feel like in games specifically it's super fucked up because the because it's such a it's such a mechanical tactile experience that unless you're playing it the way it was made you'll never get that same experience and that yeah. might not matter for some games but it might matter for a bunch matters for a bunch i will say as a small little note here because i feel like we're getting to the end of this conversation yeah some companies are better than others. It, it's yes. the, yes. you know, you get companies like, like PlayStation's the really worst one about it where they will yeah. only bring back something old if they think they can put a bunch of extra gloss on it and sell it to you for full price. Right. They only care about what's new, what's hot, what's the most expensive thing we can sell you as far as a game goes. But I, I we just got done talking about them. And yes, it's scary that they're buying up everything. I am even very fearful of that. But Embracer Group is one of those groups where... When they bought, when they got a hold of Legacy of Kane and Tomb Raider and Deus Ex, all that stuff, I'm telling you 100%, you will get remakes or at least remasters of damn near that entire catalog because that's their bread and butter. Yeah. If they're not making, because the new games that they do put out are never like the biggest, you know, Mass Effect level type of yeah, tier franchises. IDOS. Yeah, yeah, I exactly. IDOS is definitely like, they're always B tier stuff when they put Ooh. out a new game. But Embracer Group, what they often do is put out oh, here's a new remake, or not remake, remaster of this, you know, Battle for Bikini Bottom, let's put that out. Uh, Titan Quest, the game from fucking 2006, they put mm -hmm. that on mobile phones recently. Like, they will put these games out regularly, and I do think that's good for the sake of preserving these games, you know, especially with all the shit they've bought now. They have access to a lot of IP. You know, you're probably getting a new Time Splitters at this point because Yeah, of I'm going to say, some of those IPs haven't been touched in years. Legacy of mm -hmm. Kane, Time Splitters exactly I, like a I lot mean, of stuff will come back so the, yeah. the only point i'm making is 
some of these companies, they know what they have and it is within their financial interest from their perspective to put that stuff forward and make sure that stuff is still playable. But you have these very cynical companies that will sit on an IP, not do anything with it and let their actual physical games and entries phase out of being able to be played. And that's what frustrates me. I do want to make a correction. Mm hmm. Bullet Train is not off of, is not based off of Train of Busan. I was about to uh, say, what the fuck? <laughs> no, it's, it's actually based off of it based off of a Japanese novel, though. Uh, no, Train of Busan, um, that did have an uh, an American sequel coming, and it has now been shelved by Warner Brothers. Oh. <laughs> As we go back, uh, it was another non-American thing. Dead. Uh, or non-white the, thing, I should say. The title yeah. was called "The Last Train to New York." <laughs> of course, it's New York. I should have assumed it was going to. Uh, so it doesn't even take place in New York. It's going there. It's going there. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, look, this Milwaukee is the, half, the, half the movie. Yeah, we're in a we're in a digital hell. I can say, I I I I don't think it's Embracer Group though. I think the the one thing, and you guys know me, I don't stand for billionaire companies. I think Xbox has been doing this so well. Yes, I think yeah. Xbox has done such a great job in preserving all the old stuff. Like if I wanted to, I could play Phantom Dusk right now. Like right. really? Like who don't want to? No, but no. I could. Exactly. <laughs> like I, I'm gonna play I, Saints for a one right after this. <laughs> I think. I think like. Myself and Austin Walker are the people who stand yes. for like Phantom Dust. But like, if I wanted to, I could just put it in, and I think that's important. That's a, that's an important thing, like to be able to do and to be like, yeah, like I want to play Beaks the Time Sleeper. No, I don't. No one fucking does. <laughs> but I should be able to do that. And it shouldn't be like this. This excuse that it's not feasible financially is not good enough. It's really yeah. not. Like I understand. Well. It's what not that it's not feasible. Do. Well, like it's not that it's not feasible financially. It's that it's not going to make the millions that they want. Right. It's not. A, it's not a return yeah. on investment of you know four, five, six times. If I do this, it it might break even, maybe, or it might just be the cost of the hardware to make an emulator to make a set of hardware that can emulate. But that then brings up the price of the console. But like the squeeze that the the economic state of console launches kind of means that everybody has to fight for the 1% return if they ever, every, if they're even making any money in the console at all. So then nobody wants to be the first person who's like, yo, it just needs to be $700. Um, though it probably should. And if it was, and it can yeah. also emulate every game you own, then it's worth it now. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. the, 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 they would rather, you know, sell you the $500 version that can only do what's going on right now. And they'll figure out the rest, go back into the rest later when, and and market has proved them right. Like the like Sony, for all their bullshit, Tim is right when he says this is not. We want value. We're looking for money, and turns out the people who keep talking about backwards compatible compatibility aren't people buying games. No, because yeah. they want the games they already own to be backwards compatible. They're not going to spend money to make sure this stuff is back backwards compatible. And until they do, we're not going to make it. I understand that is a. A line of logic I understand. That just sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, and there's no alternative, which also sucks. Well, there's one alternative. Yeah. No. But even that alternative is very finicky, especially right. if you want to go back and play like, if you want to emulate a Vita game, God help you. Yeah. 
Like, good luck. I've been, yeah, I've been two I'm mouses playing. on the screen to drag up. No, yeah, I've been playing uh, power. I've been playing um, uh, 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 Fire Quest um, Awakening uh, again. Uh, Nintendo, fucking just bring that game back out. You don't even got to, uh, don't even update the graphics. Just give me a chance to buy that game. Uh, I've been playing that on an emulator, and that shit's chuggiest. Like, it's not great. But it's Fire Emblem Waking is a good game, and I got to put mods. <laughs> I get to put mods in there, so that was really great. Did you ever want to play a Fire Emblem uh, game with black characters? I can now. I yeah. can now. <laughs> bet like <laughs> finally we got hella black. It's not just Claude. Uh, we got more. <laughs> we got more people in there. So why they name him after dirt? What kind of shit is that? <laughs> Yo, but he's like he's like legitimately that game. That game. Love that game. By the way. Uh, does have problems with like I'm an Elder Guard, I'm an Elder Guard stan. I think Elder Guard for the right reasons did some did some fucked up shit, right? Dimitri's the one I think is actually the problem. But they could have they could have like it's your fantasy world. And y'all are in Japan. Y'all could have made like Yeah, that's the most fantasy. <laughs> y'all could have made yeah. like some black people walk around your world. Like I get this Europe, but like Realistically, historically, there are black people that were in medieval times. Yeah. So, get like, yourself big, sis. Give yeah, me a dope. black. Give me a black. <laughs> they gotta like they give me a black person that is also. I don't even. I don't even need a black person. I don't even need a black person to be the main character. I would like that. I would appreciate that. But we ain't gotta go there. But you could just give me one black character. Yeah, but hit, hit. What if they just live there? What if they let's just start live there, there first? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what if they just live there? Uh, but yeah, um, I think before we head out, uh, we'll just do this real quick. So anything you guys saw from Gamescom that, that you oh. were, that you liked, I didn't really see anything. I feel way worse about Forspoken. And I've said that That's as far as I'm going to wow. go, like, I don't think that game looks good or fun. I, I at least think it looks fun. <laughs> I think it looks fine. I think, I don't think I'm running out on launch day for that, but I'll Same. definitely read reviews. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that, curious, yeah, that would be a game I would not be enthusiastic to review. I would be like, can somebody else do that? Um, I just have bigger problems with that thing, but I'm happy people are happy about it. Other than that, I thought like everything was kind of wild. Like I said, I, I, the only thing that was cool was for that brief second where it looked like EA was bought by Amazon. It was like, oh, <laughs> shit, this sucks. <laughs> it was like, oh this sucks. God. And EA was I like, no, 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 no. I that whole arc, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> he oh. was like, no, 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 no. We haven't, we haven't been bought by anybody yet. God, so. could you fucking imagine? Uh, I don't even want to think about that. That's <laughs> let's not think about it because they will be bought by somebody worse in like two months. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, things from Gamescom. I feel like what Gamescom has been in general this year has just been like, hey, all the actual cool shit, all the AAA shit you care about, has been delayed. So here's all these double A games from like, oh, remember that game you liked from 2005? That developer left that developer and here they are with a new game. Um, there's this one game called Wanted Dead that looks pretty interesting where it's from the creators of Ninja Gaiden. Uh, the Ninja, oh, is it Ninja Theory? Not yeah, Ninja, Ninja. Team Ninja. Team, Team Ninja. Ninja, thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's from those guys. Uh, and it looks like a low budget Ninja Gaiden with guns. And yeah, it looks like Chinese Ninja Gaiden kind of. Exactly. It has like uh, some kind of kill bill but if it was a chinese developed action game uh it looks really cool so i'm down for that and really just a lot of these like smaller games have been impressing me that uh atlas i think atlas rising 
um, the new game mm. from Deck 13. Mm. I'm excited for that because I love the search too. Um, and just smaller things like that. High on life, even though people are dunking on that game. It's a shooter. Yeah, I like first person shooters with grappling hooks. And even though I'm not like a Rick and Morty person or anything like that, I played Accounting Plus and I liked Accounting Plus a lot. I did so like, I think I do I will like find this. Yeah. But I yeah. think that's definitely a game I'm going to skip because it will radicalize me, I think. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I think the bigger issue is Justin Roiland is literally everywhere, and dog, yeah, we just get a break from Justin Roiland. Can we? <laughs> well, he's like, everywhere like for his... everyone else because yeah. I don't watch anything except the Counting Plus. So for me, it's been like six years since I've even heard of this man. I like I said, I think Watch Call It is legit good. I think uh, Solar Opposites is actually a really good show. I just also don't need. I could take a break from Justin Roiland. Yeah, I'm good. He's becoming the new Seth Farland. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Like 2008, Ted t- said Farland. <laughs> yeah. I think um, I think you're right. Like, there's nothing specific that stands out. It's all just like mid-budget stuff, which I think is actually fine. I'm glad because yeah. there's like been way more it. games there, and like I will probably these are games that'll just launch on Steam at some point, and I'll be like, oh shit, that's out. Um, I think it's very weird. Some of them are strange. Like, why are we being? Why are we doing Wars of the Fallen again? Like, yeah. I don't know. First, that was the first Souls like copy that was, and nobody, well, that's not true. People were like, this isn't Dark Souls. Uh, we sh- why are we doing this? And they were right. They didn't figure out how to like copy Souls and then do your own thing yet. That was like the first attempt. But I do have a friend who really liked it, liked it more than Dark Souls because it was easier. Um, um, but fair. like, I don't, and this was a game that's been like on sale on every fucking thing that sells games since, you know, 2015. But I just don't know anyone who played Lords of the Fallen and was like, man, can't wait for this franchise to grow. I, I would also argue no one was asking about Dead Island 2 if they didn't announce it 10 years ago. <laughs> it's so, it's so, I just did a podcast, I just did a podcast talking about, I remember Dead Island 1 when it came out. And because, like, people I did a podcast with, uh, my buddy Chris Antista, uh, did, like, a video for Games Radar, like, advertising that game because they knew it wasn't a great game. And they're like, hey, where have we got people to advertise it? Um, <laughs> and I remember, I remember the, uh, starting. Trailer, yeah, I, re- I don't yeah. remember that trailer. Everybody talks about, like, the trailer. It's like, I don't oh my remember God. it. Uh, like an iconic video game trailer. Yeah, <laughs> that's what, what everyone says. And I'm just like, I what? I guess I missed it. But I do remember two because I just started the games industry when they announced the trailer for Dead Island 2. I remember talking about over talking over one of the press conferences, seeing that trailer of the dude running, and like the fact that it's a game that's coming out. It's not coming out. Um, this is it's coming out. Forever. Damn it! It's not coming out. Yeah. It's never I coming out. That. I, I needed to come out. It looks it looks just fun enough for me to be interested. Uh, since you did the bayonetta the bayonetta bet. If Dead Island 2 comes out next year, I will play through that whole game in the outfit of that dude who was like running. Uh, oh, <laughs> with the fake that. biceps. With the fake biceps, yes, I will. I will play through it on. God, I will. I'll be here for it. That reminds me, I gotta start. Yeah, it's coming. Costume. October's there. I, yeah. I want. I, I have. I have started my. I've started in earnest my playthrough of Bayonetta. So, oh, we're talking I, about I, that in the next episode. I said I would. I I have started in earnest my playthrough of Bayonetta. Um, yeah, you're on the path of righteousness. Yes. Uh, Damn straight. Uh, but yeah, that's been the show. Um, Emmett, do you have anything that you would like to promote? 
Um, typical stuff, more or less. Uh, follow me on Twitter, EJSpongeX1, if you care about anything I do or like the face. I don't know. Uh, and also, Spoonful is something that I did recently launch. Uh, me mm. over there with my buddy Mario uh, Pacquadio, which I hope I'm saying his name right. I am always concerned right. every time. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he's good. Mario Not Bros on Twitter if you want to investigate him. But Spoonful is a new show that we did. Uh, just a little variety show where me and him just pal back and forth. Sometimes we'll have guests on. In all honesty, we'll probably get y'all on at some point. Um, and yeah, we just started it. Kicked up episode one. Uh, I have an existential crisis about all these Saints Row reviews. A game that I was, <laughs> I, was, I was supposed to play that game today. Then I just got bogged down with a lot of chores and shit. And I have literally opened a character creator and then hopped on this show. So, um, I'll be playing universe, The universe is telling you something. Yeah. The and then that the game didn't get here till like, Thursday. And then every review was like, this is ass, actually. <laughs> yeah. Very funny, uh, yeah, cognitive dissonance about St. God was already telling me something when it got delayed from Wednesday to Thursday, and it was supposed <laughs> to be here on Tuesday. Yeah. So, like, I already knew something was up. But, yeah, that's out. Uh, VGU.TV. That's where I do Players Club Podcast, where that's strictly video games on there. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'll probably do a review of this JID album that just came out, The Forever Story, because I like it a lot and it's very dense and I like talking about dense art. So look forward to that probably in a couple of weeks. And that's it. That's all I got. All right. Uh, Jared, anything you'd like to promote? Uh, I'd like to promote DJ Khaled's God Did. Uh, Is it a good song? I didn't listen to it, but it oh. seems like something <laughs> I that if I start promoting now, then maybe I can get on a Khaled track like in 10 years. Mm. <laughs> all right. That well. I actually like the Eminem Kanye song now, so I, I also want to be on a track one day. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what I would do on the track. I might just literally just be in the room and say nothing. Like that'd be fun. I mean, that's what he early. does. <laughs> that's what he does on the track. Um, I don't want to be on a DJ Khaled, which I feel like I should promote mm-hmm. shirts I make soon more because Jared was like, "I literally didn't know you made shirts until like three days ago." And I was like, "Oh yeah, I do that." Yeah. Uh, uh because as a black as a black nerd i can either rap or uh design clothing and uh shirts are okay you've you've chosen your lane i've chosen my lane i used to i i i i i've i have definitely uh done some rapping uh this is the thing there is a wow you're making shirts emmett literally has rapped because i've heard it yeah yeah i've done neither i don't know what to do i don't know what my lane's gonna be uh, well, no, your lane was wrestling, and then New Jack told you no. So that's right. that's what happened. You had but it didn't lane. even start. I didn't. I was like, Should I mean, I? And he was like, get no. popping enough, and they'll bring back those packs wrestling things that they do, True. yeah, where they break legs and just set off lots of shit to Jeff Gersman, and then hopefully somebody will see it and make it. You want to sell yeah. this? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, but yeah, uh, but uh, if that is all, this has been the thing for Jarrett for Emmett. I am TL. This you have been thanked. Um, don't listen to F uh, F and Mecca. We listened to it enough. Listen yeah, to JID instead. Don't do that.